real quick. So last week we had mentioned of uh, this secret ceremony that I was a part of. So I can't find anything of, of the specific thing that I experienced, but there was something that I did find of one person that was apparently a part of it, of a thing called like the Order of the Arrow is what it was called. Um, and I just want to touch on this because I don't think you found anybody knowing what the hell I'm talking no. about. Nobody. Well, I may have found somebody that knows but who is not willing to speak about it. See, that's the thing I was wondering if you were going to run up against, because if people were still in that pseudo-society well, bullshit... Well, you'll, you'll have to cut this out, because it... Wh- Who's ever named? It is a specific person's okay. name, but does a lot with the Boy Scouts. Yes. I was wondering and if I was so gonna... I asked him, <laughs> and he's like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Shifty eyes, and I'm like, oh my god, it's real! <laughs> It is real, even so much so that I found this article that this guy wrote on his own site. He is he was part of the Boy Scouts for the longest time, along with the Latter-day Saints, was all part of that whole culture he grew up in of becoming a Boy Scout, we below before that, and all that shit. So he uh, was at this, what was it, a scouting camporee, which is very similar to what I was at. Um, and at this ceremony, to be introduced into the Order of the Arrow, or whatever bullshit, uh, cultural appropriated thing they wanted to take from Native Americans, whatever the fuck. It was just a bunch of white men tapping young boys, being like, here, you want to go in the woods? Type bullshit. Um, but his ordeal was called the tap out, and it's basically where you go to like a ceremony with your parents, you get a tap from someone that has like this like sash on <laughs> with like a red arrow on it, and they would tell you where to meet them and all that. In a whole group, it wasn't like individual, like meet me in the woods <laughs> for some long time. But he went on to say... Uh, so a few weeks after the tap out, I headed out to camp Wizset, a uh, scout camp, uh, up in the hitherlands of where, of nowhere, where I was back under a vow of silence and told to go and sleep in the woods alone. No tent, no foam cushion, no pillow. I had something similar to where we had to wait in an area before we were taken. We couldn't talk. We couldn't do anything like that. That was one of the things I forgot to mention is before we were taken out to the woods to run in the middle of the fucking woods, we were told to meet in this specific area not say a fucking word, just stand there and wait. Uh, after we finished our carrots and gumdrops, we were led around by ropes in total darkness, still under the vow of silence, very similar to what I had to fucking experience, only now we were being forced to keep our eyes closed. Didn't have to do that, we just had to keep our eyes straight. Just follow the person in front of us, and then so on and so forth. Uh, well, if they weren't leading you by a rope, then it would make sense that your eyes would be open. He goes on to explain, scout Nazi enforcement squads <laughs> walked up and down the line, whacked you in the back of the head if you tried to peek or move in any sort of way. <laughs> Very fucking similar to what I had to de- deal with. Um, I'm not going to go into any more of it, but he goes into like the ceremony, everything that I fucking explained. It's on, here, all, uh, what was the guy's website? Stalliancornell.com. S-T-A-L-L-I-O-N Cornell.com. Um, he goes into like this whole like fucking spiel, the thing he had to deal with uh, to become a member of the Order of the Arrows. The only thing I ever got was that sandstone thing that I mentioned. I just wanted to bring that up so I didn't sound crazy. So there is remnants of what this guy had to go through that I went through very similarly. And obviously, uh, from what you just, which I, at the time, I was like, maybe Mike. Yeah, I specifically made sure to ask him yeah. because I knew that he does a lot with the Boy Scouts and like, Polar camps and stuff like that. Right. right. Uh, and he was just like, no, I've never heard of anything like that. Very sketchy. Like, huh. That kind of sounds like you're, you're uh, towing the company line there, Mike. <laughs> like, thought you'd be real with me for a minute. 
from what I understand, from what I remember, is that if you were still part of the quote-unquote society or group or whatever the fuck you want to call it, you cannot speak about it. But someone like me can go tell them to go fuck themselves. I can apparently speak about it. No, you can't. <laughs> That's true. I'm serious. Like, you're going to fucking find, like, like you're going to be sitting at work and an Indian's going to pop up on the railroad tracks and just, like... <laughs> Similar thing happened where Yoda fucking yeah, giggles. Yoda is part of this fucking order. <laughs> so I, I obviously whenever you hear the episode or heard the episode at this point, I'm not crazy because <laughs> part of me was thinking after we recorded, maybe I'm wrong and I, there's just some weird like weird uh, repression thing that I got going on. A fucking fever dream. I did an actual Google's like full on like. This is the only thing I could find about it. There are hints at other uh, similar things, but nothing like concrete like I just read you. The I, I, need to, I need to send um, some messages to one of my friends who was also in Boy Scouts, mm-hmm. and I believe he wore sandstones, mm-hmm. and I'll ask him. If he, like little etchings and shit on uh, the sandstone. If, if he went through anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I it's going to be, it's gonna be a really fucking weird conversation because I haven't <laughs> talked to him in like... 10 years i'm just gonna be like hey did you ever have to like run through the woods and look at a skull and talk to an indian <laughs> he's gonna be like oh uh, what <laughs> uh, uh anyway uh we are here to talk about other uh cultures with this movie because there are a lot of like incan mayan and aztec cultures they even call the, like the ones that attack them at the end of this movie like they call them like the uga or some shit like that i can't remember yeah something um, but we are here to talk about the fourth Indiana Jones movie. Um, obviously, the fifth one is going to be made at some point this year. And then next year, we'll talk about the fifth Indiana Jones, which I, while researching all these movies, I didn't want to talk about it until now. The idea was always have five Indiana Jones movies. Huh. So it just took a while because obviously careers went off in a different way right. and shit like that. But, um, but yeah, the original idea was always have five Indiana Jones movies. I'm not sure why. Why specifically five movies? Why not six? Why not four? It just the are the number sounds arbitrary at best. I'm not sure why. Um. Anyway, this week we are talking about oh, what a, a quin quintilogy. Is that what it's called? Fuck I have no now. clue. Well, five is quin, right? Because four is a quad, quad or um, a quart, and then six is sex. Yeah, I'm not sure. It could be quin. I'm not sure. But anyway, we are here to talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and I am Greg Vance. And I'm Ryan Downing. And this is Nerdinian, and we are two nerds that break down every nerd movie that you could think of. We've already done the DCEU, which we'll talk about here in a second. Um, we've talked about the Terminator series. No, we haven't talked about the Terminator series. Alien franchise, Aliens, Predators. Predators. Um, we did the Princess Bride. Um, we're going to be doing a, a whole slew of shit. I've got uh, plans for stuff in the coming weeks, but uh, one thing I'm going to get to before we get to Indiana Jones, and it may derail everything. Have you watched the Snyder Cut? Not yet. yet. I specifically... Holy fuck. I specifically... I know, because you've been working the past few days. Well, I specifically didn't watch it, uh-huh. um, because I knew that if I did, mm. it would be all we talked we'll talk about, about this today, yeah. when we're supposed to be talking about... Next week. Okay. Kingdom of the Crystal all Skull. I, all I want to talk... There's a fucking... Um, like, the whole... Fuck! I didn't want to scream that into the mic, but holy fuck, Ryan. The amount of butchery that we got in 2017 to this one is fucking astounding. Like, 
there are like not even the cyborg stuff. We already know about the cyborg stuff being yeah. just completely just taken out of the movie. There's a whole sequence there with Barry and his father, and Barry fucking like coming to grips with the idea of his father never. Oh, it's fucking amazing! It's so brilliant and everything. Like it's at the, near the tail end of the movie. Like all hope is lost, and it's just a brilliant piece of cinema that you will ever see. I don't want to ruin anything for you, but it's fucking. I don't know what the fuck happened. My, well, I know what happened is that they they were from the rumors are is that the studio execs were uh, going to get bonuses if they hit this certain date for Justice League. It didn't look like that was going to happen with everything that was going on in Zack Snyder's life. So they brought in Joss Whedon, and then we got that choppy mess that we got um, with the 2017. I'm just going to call that what it is. It's a fucking abortion, Ryan, because that movie is nowhere near what we got. There are obviously scenes that were taken from Zack Snyder's original vision put into the 2017. You'll see that whenever you watch the movie. Right. But there are moments in the Joss Whedon cut where it just felt, feels stilted or just weird or just just gross like there's a scene in the the 2017 version of uh flash tripping and falling on wonder woman like right into her cleavage and everything uh-huh that's not in Sna- Zack snyder's uh movie want to know why because it's fucking horrible ryan it's, it's just a stupid joke um and there are several jokes in uh justice league the 2017 version that just felt weird uh, the batman one with him saying yeah something's definitely broken that's not in snyder's uh version of justice league I enjoyed that one, but there are several other jokes in the 2017 version where it just felt say, that weird. Was, that was like the only thing that I can remember liking about that movie. Right. Um, it's like, oh yeah, something's definitely broken. And the four hours does not feel like four fucking hours. By the time you get to the last act of the movie, if you want to call it that, because it's four hours, obviously. Right. It doesn't feel like you've spent nearly three and a half hours watching a movie. It moves at a fucking brisk pace and it doesn't make you feel stupid for something that happened in hour one that then comes up at the end of the four hours it fucking does it beautifully and by the end by the time you get to the end of the movie obviously by the time you get to the end of the movie they do an epilogue and it's just Zack Snyder being like look at all this money they let me fucking add on to this movie because it's just a series of like I added all this because I fucking can because they gave me all this. they spent an additional 70 million dollars on the reshoots and everything uh-huh. To get this produced to the way that they wanted. Um, so it was just Zack Snyder enjoying the shit that he had all this clout right now to make the rest of the movie that he wanted to make. Because if you remember correctly, Zack Snyder's Justice League was supposed to be two movies. Yes, it was. So that I, I, I'd almost bet how movie one is going to end. Like in the 2017 version, remember that tunnel scene? Yes. There's something similar to that in this movie. Very similar almost. The location's exactly the same. But how it goes about is very fucking different. Yeah. It works so much better in the Zack Snyder version than it does in this one. Because one of the things I kind of enjoyed with the 2017 version was uh, the Flash not understanding what to do because of all these like evil like right. parademons yeah, and did Batman like having to give him a pep the talk. save one. That's not in this one. But it's also, at this point, Barry Allen's been fighting crime. Because we've seen that in Suicide Squad. He's... Capture boomerang and everything. So he knows yeah. how to handle crime. So that whole idea of him being like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I just run real fast. It was a nice little scene for Batman to give him a pep talk. But it was also like, this is not what we've been told before. Obviously, he's fighting crime. He has his own suit and everything. So right. what the fuck? Um, that's not in this movie. But there is a even better like sequence of events that happens during all that. Um, I forget what my original point was. Why I started in on this. <laughs> Because you watched it and you wanted to talk about how awesome <laughs> yes. it is. 
That's probably what it was. Um, anyway, we should move on, right? We're not here to talk about Justice League. That's for next week. Um, and we'll have lots to say. And like I said last week, we're not talking about the full four hours. We're gonna, I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching it multiple times over the f- next few weeks. Because it's fucking brilliant. There's a, there, 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 <sighs> there's Just- a character that never fucking showed up in um, um, Joss Whedon's Justice League that pops up in this. There have been rumors of this character popping up. And I figured we'd get maybe just one scene of this character doing its thing. But there isn't just one scene, Ryan. There are two scenes with this character that's pretty fucking brilliant. Based, based on what you said, I believe I know who the character is. Um, I don't want to say anything, but yes. Uh, and I fucking lost my shit whenever it happened. because Martian Manhunter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before the reveal of who Martian Manhunter is and all that, there's a nice little sequence between Lois Lane and Ma Kent that is just brilliant. Even if they didn't have the... Uh, Martian Manhunter and Joss Whedon's 2017. Obviously, we could see they have a similar scene in Whedon's cut. Yeah. But in this scene, it's this Snyder version of this scene is so much more potent and it like hits you right in the fucking heart with the the shit that they're going. The movie is about because you have all these characters that are broken. You have Batman who's been broken since fucking childhood. You have Wonder Woman who's been broken since the love of her life sacrificed himself and all that shit. Uh, this is before we saw Wonder Woman 84, so we don't right. know all about all that. You have Barry, who's been broken because of the, his, his mother dying and all that. You have Cyborg. Mother died in front of him. He's in pieces at this point. He's a cyborg for all intents and purposes. Yeah. And you have Superman, who's an orphan from his home. And, it, and you just see like this, uh, this running theme through the movie of like broken. You being broken is not what defines you. And knowing full... You're going to fucking hear me cry. Knowing... F- Knowing full fucking well what Zack Snyder went through with his daughter and yeah, having dying. to... And, and by the end of the movie, we, he lays it out for us. He's like, you being broken is not what defines you. It's not what makes your life any less easier or any more harder. It, it's, it's just something that happened to you. You have to learn from it and move the fuck on. I'm going to fucking cry right now. It's so brilliant. This movie, I swear to God, I will burn Warner Brothers to the ground if they do not keep this fucking story thread. It is so good, Ryan. I cannot believe we got what we got in 2017. Like, the amount of, like, it's like night and day between the two movies. You would think there may be some, you didn't think when you heard about the rumors online that it would be right, so right. different, but right. it, is and it's fucking mind-boggling why we got what we got in 2017. Well, before you before you say anything else, I know I'm getting on um, a tear. Um, anyway, you, obviously you can hear that I'm very excited about this movie. I can't wait till we talk about it next week. Um, so whenever we get to that, we'll have lots more to say. Obviously, I'll be pointing out, and I would employ you also to write like you, we'll go through our five favorite scenes and sequences or whatever for each of us. Okay, something along those lines. Um, Anyway. But what happens when I hit two hours and I've already got ten? <laughs> right. <laughs> then you'll have to whittle them down to five. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, God, that movie. Uh, let's talk about this movie, Ryan, which is also, oh, God, that movie type feeling as well, just in, in the opposite way. Um, you hadn't seen this movie up until now. No. I, this was my first experience with this movie. And um, feelings? I didn't hate it as bad as I thought I was going to. Really? Yeah. I was watching it earlier today. I was like, this feels like an Indiana Jones movie. There it's, are things I would change about it. It's not great. Right. But I didn't like actively 
there were certain things about it that I actively hated. The monkey scene. Well, yes, that's, <laughs> yes, that's I, one I of them. Stand that scene. That's one of them. Um, and then um, the nuclear bomb. Yes. Um, at the very, yeah, that because because I mean we'll get into more detail whenever we get there. But yes. a um, that's not how bombs, bombs work. Bombs don't work that way. <laughs> right. And b um, that's not how refrigerators of that era worked either. I mean, they were lead lines, so maybe in theory, right? right. No, no, no. They could help well, with radiation. S- specifically, what I'm talking about is um, him being able to get out of it, right? Because there was no sort of internal release, right, for that style <laughs> of. Uh, and they do of give they do give it away, uh, give it some sort of like writing, like clearance for that type of. Refriger- the moment hits the ground, the door pops open. He rolls out. In front of facing face to face with Prairie Dog, which by the way, someone really likes Prairie Dogs in this movie. Yeah, it happens a lot throughout this the like opening sequence of this movie. Like I, I fully expected to hear just the I'm alright. Nobody worry about me. Start because yeah, Prairie Dogs are fucking everywhere. Uh, this movie was directed by Steven Spielberg, obviously, uh, written by David Coop. I do. Why did you bring all this fucking <laughs> Easter grass into my lap? Fucking dog. Uh, starring Harrison Ford, Kate Blanchett, Shia LaBeouf, Karen Allen, uh, Ray Winstone, John Hurt, uh, which I forgot for whatever reason when I started watching this movie and then he popped up halfway through it. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah, that's right. He is in this movie. I love me some John Hurt, Jim Broadbent. Igor, and we're going to get into some uh, fucking Russian names that I'm not sure how to fucking pronounce, but it's Igor Ijinkini, I'm not sure, Dmitry, um, something Russian, <laughs> uh, Ila Volka, I'm not sure how you fucking say any of these names, they are actual Russian actors that were brought into this movie to play Russian bad guys in this movie. That have played Russian bad guys in a lot of movies. Yes, you will see familiar faces pop up, hell, I don't even remember one of the guys uh, he's uh, chasing Mutt and Indiana Jones through the university and everything. He's in the car. He's one of the guys that approach the the, the pair in the bar that they're at. Uh-huh. Um, but he plays a character in Friends who is a Russian like laundromat owner. Um, yeah. And Joey's trying to get his name up on the wall, and he's pointing at Harrison Ford, and he says, like, oh, look, he's in Harrison Ford. And the, the Russian guy was like, I don't want you on my wall because I don't know you. Yes, you say you're an actor, but anybody could say that. And um, then he eventually, the Russian guy, finds out that Joey sleeps with his the Russian guy's wife, and there's a whole mess of shit. That's not my point. Um, but the guy, Joey's like, "Look, you have Harrison Ford on the on your wall," and he's like, "So he's a great actor." He's like, "Yeah, but he also killed a bunch of Russians in Air Force One." The only reason I'm bringing this up is because that same guy is also one of is the now Russian fighting guys. a Russian. Is now playing a Russian guy fighting Indiana Jones. Right. I just it's just weird, and you also see multiple Russian. Uh, Famous Russian actors, like uh, the Russian or the Czechoslovakian guy in Deadwood who becomes the telegram um, service provider, whatever the uh-huh. fuck it's called. He's in this movie as well. Like You will see like familiar faces throughout this movie. Obviously, outside of the Harrison Ford and all that. And I think that part of that is just um, some, like, Russia doesn't really export a lot of its actors. No, I, I don't understand. Because, what was it, like a year or two ago... 
there was like some sort of like it was called like Guardians or some shit like that. Where it was almost like Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, where it's like a or, Russian well, version. Yeah, of, a Russian a Russian version of either the Avengers mm, or Guardians sound, of the like Galaxy. Like a group of superhero type things. I haven't watched that movie. I really wanted to whenever I saw previews for it. It's really good. Like for being like uh I mean it's, there are there are CG moments in it that look a bit Right. Just shit. They look shit, right? Right. But the whole story, it, it's really fucking a lot of fun for being what it is. It's a lot of fucking fun. Um, anyway, we're also not here to talk about that movie, right? We're here to talk about Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I've previously said... Maybe, maybe that should be one of our one-offs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've previously said about this movie, I really enjoy it. There are moments that, like I said previously, that I would just take out the monkey scene. And I completely forgot about the fucking ant scene in this movie where the ants... Yeah. Literally drag apart, drag away a grown ass man into their little hidey hole, and I'm just like, that's not a thing. That's not how ants work. That, yeah, they may kill the man with their stings, but they're not gonna take him into their. Le- oh, fuck. They're not flesh. <laughs> like the Amazon has big ants. Yes. but they're not. Oh, I guess spoiler alert. <laughs> Which we yeah we we didn't do that last week. I don't think. I, I don't. Um, remember. But spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about the plot of this movie. Yes, and the beats that happen in it, and some of the things that you don't find out until later in the movie. Right. Which will spoil it. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, go ahead and watch it, and then come and listen to us talk shit about it. All right. Which, or just talk about it. Yeah, because we're both like wishy-washy. There are scenes we'll take out of this movie, but for all intents and purposes, this is an Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, it's, it's very Indiana Jones. And I didn't know this, but apparently Harrison Ford was like in a lot of shape to make this movie to the point where he had to be told that he couldn't do certain things. Not that he requested yeah. that he didn't yeah, no, want to do. Yeah, no, he wanted to do yes. all. I I did know that. Like, I really? knew that fun fact whenever I didn't it came know out. That. <laughs> like, the directors in the, or it was, it was more the insurance company mm-hmm that uh insured the film um but Harrison Ford was like yeah I'll do that and they're like they're like no, no. <laughs> we won't cover you if he's doing all the stunts and stuff so they were like listen man like I know you want to <laughs> yeah. but you're 70 fucking years old like <laughs> yeah. calm down um so yeah you're going to break your hip <laughs> and uh I don't know how he's going to do it this time although although to be fair um I believe he's been injured on every Indiana Jones movie so. up to this point. I don't, I don't remember hearing. I story. don't know if he got injured on this movie, but I know like in the first movie he got like dysentery. dysentery. Yeah. Um, the second movie, uh, he got either like thrown off of an elephant or yeah, something where he like herniated something, like, two discs. Or yeah. Something, something like. happened while yeah. he was riding an elephant that they had to like stop shooting for like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what happened on Last Crusade, but I know that something happened to him on Last Crusade too. I think he got maybe, stabbed of some sort. Yeah, I can't maybe. remember exactly. But yeah, he's been hurt on every Indiana Jones movie up to this date, so I can kind of understand an insurance company going, "No, <laughs> <laughs> do not let a sixty-five-year-old man or however old he was." I think he was in his seventies when he shot at the movie. time of this movie shooting. Yeah, don't let a seventy-year-old man <laughs> fucking bullwhip into a car. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this movie, like I said, feels like an Indiana Jones movie. I don't understand why some people just don't recognize it, this movie at all. I think I think that my problem with the movie, or what I perceived was going to be my problem with the movie, isn't my biggest issue with the movie. Like, I still don't like that they went down the path that they went down. You're talking about the big reveal with the... But it was, it was established, like, 
at the beginning that they, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like some like like big it, reveal that was right, never... right. Which in my mind, I saw it as like it was a normal Indiana Jones movie until like halfway through Act Three, and then it was revealed. And I was just like, why would you do that? Like, right, right. if it was already a good Indiana Jones movie, why would you do that? But they started with yeah. it. Yeah. So I didn't like. I didn't hate that aspect of it mm-hmm. as much as I thought I was It's going a to. bit ridiculous, but these Indiana Jones movies are a bit ridiculous from time to time. Well, right, but I'm I'm just saying like even from um there's always been some sort of supernatural mm-hmm. essence to Indiana Jones movie. But supernatural and sci-fi are separate categories mm. for me. Because you can have not really I mean, there I are mean, supernatural I mean, horror films, but there are also sci-fi films that are also horror films. Well, right, right, right. So, right, but, but what I'm saying is supernatural, like supernatural beliefs r- rooted in history, is different than sci-fi. But that's kind of what we got here. We got, and it's not even so much. I mean, they're interdimensional beings. They're not aliens, like I originally thought they were. I clearly hadn't seen this movie in quite a while. But they are inter- interdimensional beings. So it's kind of. Depending on who you talk to and you talk about the supernatural, some people believe that supernatural events are interdimensional, I guess, episodes that happen. Like seeing ghosts or just people from a different timeline bleeding through our timeline and that's why we see yeah. ghosts, shit like that. So it is in the same realm, if you will, depending su- on who you talk I su- to. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Um, anyway, we'll get to all that mess of what happens. I enjoy it for the most part. There are some aspects of it that I'm just like, mm, okay. But- We'll get to it when we get to it. Right. So this movie... But to get there, we have to start at the beginning. And this movie starts with a goddamn prairie dog hill, Ryan, in the shape of the Paramount Mountain. Yep. We see the Paramount logo. It blends right into a prairie dog hill, mound, whatever the fuck. The prairie dog pops out. Very CGI, very of 2008 era when this movie was shown. Um, Not a huge issue. Just also like, of course they did. But what I don't understand is why they kept having the prairie dogs pop up periodically throughout this entire opening sequence yeah it makes no sense someone clearly loves prairie dogs um but it starts with a prairie dog and then you see it duck as a car drives over it and you hear a music cue start and it's uh elvis you ain't nothing but a hound that's it that's it by elvis and it's just a bunch of uh 50s era teens just barreling through like the hillside of Colorado. I, I'm not sure what Arizona, Nevada, I think is Nevada, what, they're, yeah. what they're in. It's like, uh, I think the, the title card comes up, Nevada 1957 or some shit like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're barreling down this like a flat strip of land and shit and they're having a good time. Winds whipping through their hair and everything. They're howling. And then we see this like caravan of army men. Um, I think like speed by them. No, they're, 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 they're pulling passing. Up. Yes. They're passing the, the caravan guys. So yeah. Uh, and as they're barreling past it, they get to the very head of the caravan and they're coaxing this, uh, gentleman that's driving the lead car in this caravan to race with them. Right. Um, he looks over to the guy to his right. Clearly his commanding officer His commanding officers like just shakes his head. No. And then they continue to coax the guy driving the car, and they're just like, and the guy driving the uh, lead of the caravan is like, fuck it, and then just floors it with them. They're racing back and forth. We see a cutscene inside one of the like 
um, big vehicles that's following them. We just see like another Russian guy pop his head out of the group and just look at it and like slowly shake his head or some shit. Clearly, nobody's. None of this fucking has any um, uh, ramifications whatsoever. It's just to the story. To the story. They're just not a fan of it. Apparently, the race continues. They go straight while the caravan goes right towards this uh, military installation. They go up to like this checkpoint. There, uh, the main Russian bad guy walks up to the uh, like checkpoint guards and everything. They're like, oh, "I'm sorry, this is a nuclear testing site. We're about to test one of our nukes. You need to get out of here. There's nothing scheduled to be delivered here." The guy kneels down to t- uh, tie his shoe, and a bunch of other Russians pop up behind him like a fucking Russian nesting doll and start like laying out all these guards and shit. Just, yeah, just <laughs> obliterate them all. Um, and then we have a few guards uh, taking up the post as well as the rest of the caravan uh, goes to this warehouse. I suppose we should say at this point, we don't know any of these people are Russian. Right. Because they're wearing... The lead guy looks fucking Russian. Well, yes. Um, but they're wearing U.S. Army... Or U.S. military uniforms. Right. Whenever they approach the base, and the first car approaches, and uh, the soldiers keep it, like keep the barricade closed. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Sorry, the base is closed for weapons testing." Right. And then the main bad guy, like you said, comes out, and he's dressed in like a general's uniform, and mm-hmm. they all salute him. He salutes them back, and he's like, "I'm sorry, even for you, sir, the base is closed." Because we're going to be testing a weapon. Right. And that's when he ties his shoes and the other guys that were apparently that's, behind that's him. That's when you you realize that these people are bad guys <laughs> right. because they just kill all of them and pull them and then the caravan goes on yeah. to... Uh, we see the caravan pull up to a warehouse that just says it's a giant uh, 51 on the warehouse. We don't know what they're there for. They gear up, get everybody out of their vehicles. They then pull up another vehicle open up the trunk, they pull out a uh, large man. This is somebody we don't know yet. Um, it's Mac that uh, is a friend of Indy's, apparently. Uh, they then pull out Indy, and then, well, first they pull out his hat, throw it to the ground. They pull out Indy. He then sees his hat. The, the hat is immediately surrounded by, like, 12 guards that all point their guns at it. <laughs> yeah, we see, like, a wide shot above them. As the hat hits the ground, all of them just point their guns and getting closer as Indy's being pulled out and everything. Like, clearly this guy's up to fucking something. No, this hat is fucking dangerous. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, Indy sees the hat, grabs it, and we get the uh, classic Indiana Jones silhouette shot of him putting on the hat right. with the fedora and you everything. Don't, you don't see him until he puts on the hat right there. You see his shadow, like, lifting it up. Right, putting it on and all that. And we see um, Indy with his back to the camera, and we see Mac facing the camera and everything. I forget what he says. He's basically like, look, we've had shit odds before, Indy, but I don't think we're going to get out of this before, uh, out of it this time. Well, no, he's like, says something like we can, we can get out of this. Mm -hmm. And Indy is the one that's like, uh, don't, I don't think so. And he's like, well, remember this place? He's like, yeah, but that place we had guns. Yeah, that's right. And we were younger. (laughs) Uh, and then as that line finishes, we then see a, uh, he bets. He's like, I bet you. That's right. Like, like twenty bucks, and, and then Indy like sees well, all the knows. guns. It's something. It's a lot of money. He's like, he's like, I bet you like eight hundred dollars. We're gonna get out of this. And then the main bad or the main Russian bad guy comes up and starts speaking to him in a Russian accent. And then Mac is like. Uh, let's call it a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and then, yeah. Uh, and it, he's just basically telling Indy, he's like, look, you 
house things here for your government. We need something in here. You're going to help us look for it. And he's like, I've never been here before. I have no idea what you're talking about. And then out steps Kate Blanchett in her very like uh, black haired Bob haircut with the rapier out on her side and everything. Very Russian like character. The only issue is that her accent. Not great. Not the greatest in the world. It very it, it's very jarring. I don't know. It's because I've seen Kate Blanchett and like, Lord of the Rings, and at this point also um, Hela in the Marvel films and all that. It just it's very jarring. I know what she's going for. It, hell, Indy even make a, makes a joke about her uh, vobles or the way she speaks and shit like her that. W's. Yeah, or her vubby was I think that's what it is. Not vobles, but vubby vubby I think is what he calls it or some shit like that. He makes fun of her accent and shit. Like your vubby I would say you're from the Ukraine. Yes, Eastern Ukraine. Yeah. I think that's what he says or something like shit like that. Um, and she says something similar that the main Russian guy says. It's like, we know you've housed stuff here before. We're looking for a uh, specific thing. We need your help. Um, and you're going to help us. Uh, they open up the big warehouse and Indy's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. I just found things, was told that it needs to be uh, given to the government. They housed it here. I've never been here in my entire life. And then... Or, I have no idea what you're looking for. Right. And they're like, yes, you do. They tell them of an instance. You were one of the people who first examined it. Yes. And they they mentioned the date and everything of when it was. I I didn't write it down, so I I cannot remember remember the date. I don't remember it either. Um, and Indy, you can see Indy recognizes it. He's just like, I don't know anything about it. I just found it, was called in for it. And then they did something with it. What they did, I have no clue. And then Indy's like, she makes some like vague threat at him. And he's like, look, if you want my help, I'm going to need a few rounds. And they all laugh at him. Well, no, he just straight up said, like talks to dude and is like, is like, I need your bullets. Yes. And the guy laughs, and then he says it in Russian. Everybody laughs. And everybody laughs. And then he approaches Kate Blanchett's character and is like, listen, the thing that you're looking for is highly magnetized. I need the rounds so I can have the gunpowder, and the gunpowder can show us the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, they crack open a grenade. They hand him some of the, the uh, gunpowder in the grenade. No, it's bullets first. It is bullets. He gets the guy's bullets. Does he? Yeah. And he climbs up on top, and... He like he climbs up on top of the crates and like throws a handful of gunpowder, and it like like trails off like into trails, the warehouse. Well, warehouse trails into the lights and like mm. gives little zaps. Yes, to show them the way to go. Whenever they realize that it's actually working, instead of giving him like two bullets worth of gunpowder, which is almost nothing, <laughs> right. they're dumping like three grenades worth of gunpowder into a hat. <laughs> the mo- I wish they. I don't know if this is in other uh, versions of the story, but I wish that they would have played with this idea more of Indy just trailing them along in the warehouse, making them give them the gunpowder and everything, and he's just making them go in circles while they empty out all their guns and shit, and then by the time they get to fighting, there's no bullets or rounds or anything See, for them to use. that's exactly what I thought was going to happen, that's, and I yes. was very excited for that. Because <laughs> that's brilliant. Sorry, I hit the mic. That's a, that's a brilliant idea. That would be something that Indiana Jones would do to... Try to combat these Even guys. the odds. Yes. A little bit. Um, they, they don't. Um, eventually, Indy uh, 
He asks, asks for a shotgun. Yeah, he shotgun asks for shotgun, shotgun shells. Because they're at the general area where everything's floating above it, where all the gunpowder and everything's like slowly sifting into the cracks and shit. He asks for a few gun rounds. He pops off the, the primer on the back, takes out the pellets in the shotgun round, and then just drops it on the mountain of crates that they're at. Which I'm not sure what gauge shotgun they were using, but those were fucking ball bearings. Yeah, they were fucking they huge. They, they, they have to like be slug rounds of some sort. Yeah. Well, they're not slug rounds because slug rounds are one whole round. I thought it was like multiple no. like, giant slug rounds. rounds. Slug rounds are a slug. Okay. They're just one projectile okay. that's fucking huge. Right. Where, like, birdshot is a bunch of little BBs. Right. This was apparently, like... I think they probably just made it somewhat bigger to show up on film. man shot, basically? Yeah. Your human shot? Um, but yeah, he drops a few of the, the pellets on... Well, he drops them all onto the pile of crates. You hear all of them clinking and shit onto other lower crates, and then we hear just all of them, like, onto one crate. Um, they remove a few crates, and then they see this one crate has all these rounds and shit on it, and they pull it out. And we also should mention that uh, Kate Blanchett's character m- gives the dimensions of the crate, for whatever reason, to Indy. Like, he would know that in some manner of having messed with this right. item before. Um, there's also, they play fast and loose with this rule about how strong the magnetism is with this crate. Because whenever they first bring it out, all their chains and everything aren't magnetized towards it. But the moment they lift off the top and they pull it out... All their dog collars and everything start drifting towards it and yeah. everything. They pay, they play, like I said, fast and loose with that rule, which is fine. It's just a little pet peeve of mine that I, while watching this movie, I was like, well, why wasn't it magnetized well, yeah, it's, before? It's very... It just made no sense. Yeah. Um, Kate Blanchett's character opens up the main, like, because they, they open up the crate, they lift it up, and it's just like this metal box in the similar shape of the, uh, the crate that it was in. They, they pull carry it out. It, they carry it to a truck. She opens up the metal box, and it's just like this weird, like metallic uh, cocoon. M- yeah, mummified cocoon of some sort. Um, she starts cutting into it. Uh, more things start to get more magnetized towards this thing that she's opening. She peers into it. She's like, "This is exactly what we need." They close it back up, and then well, when you see like a little mummified hand, yes, that has three fingers on it. Yes, and everybody's mystified by this. Like, we don't know what the fuck this is. Obviously hinting at some sort of, like, alien creature of some sort. Yep. Uh, during this whole sequence, we see Indy slowly, like, creeping towards one of the guys. Like, trying to sneak up behind him. Mac does something similar. And then as they're like, all right, this is what we need. And they start packing up shit. Indy knocks out the one guy. Mac knocks out another guy. They both grab weapons. They tell Kate uh, Blanchett's characters, like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Well, they tell them they to all put their guns down yes. or she dies. Yes, that's it. Um, they have all their guns trained at him, they lower their guns, and then they, the main Russian bad guy raises his gun back up towards Indy, and then we get a wider shot of well, Mac. everybody else does then, too, and yes. then you see Indy, like, kind of look over towards Mac. And Mac is pointing and his Mac gun. And Mac is pointing his gun at Indy as well. Um, clearly double-crossing Indiana Jones. Um, and Indy's like, Mac, what the fuck? This isn't you. Why are you doing this? These are Russians. Why are you siding with the Russians? This doesn't make any fucking sense. And Mac is like, look, I've got debts. I've got, I've had a bad run of cards lately, and I need money, and I need money fast. And and he's like, this is not the way to do this, Mac, yada, yada, yada. All typical things you would hear from like an Indiana Jones-type character um, trying to reason with someone he's known for years not to portray him and shit like that. Right. Um, I forget how he gets out of this completely. Um, 
they ask him to drop his weapon and he goes, okay. And he drops his weapon and it goes off and shoots a guy in the oh, foot. Oh, the main Russian guy in the foot. Yeah. And then he just stumbles, mass chaos. He fucking. stumbles back into his troops who then have to lower their weapons and Indy runs away. Yes. Um, and as they're trying to fire rounds at Indy and shit, the uh, Kate Blanchett and her, uh, like small battalion of men get back into the vehicle and shit. We see Indy get on top of the, the well, you see her get in a truck with like one other person. Is there's it? Only, yeah. There's only like I one wasn't other sure. person. Um, but yeah, Indy climbs the bar, like the mountain of crates and shit gets up to like the main metal work as the Russians are shooting rounds at him and shit. Indy then takes out his bullwhip, whips it to one of the lights, I believe. Yep, tries to the, swing to the back of the... One of the lights, and it looks like he's going to swing into the back of the The car, car. that Kate Blanchett is in. Um, it misses completely. He swings back and runs his ass end into the front end of the main truck that they have that's chasing after Indy. And Basically just, sitting between two big Russian guys. <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, I thought I could make that. He's like, oh, I thought it was closer. <laughs> And then he elbows a guy in the face. Like yes. that's like, very Indiana they both, Jones. They both just like kind of look at him. He's like, "I thought it was closer." <laughs> <laughs> and then, wham! Um, he takes control of it. Uh, there, uh, a few of the other Russians are trying to run after him and shit. And we see uh, Mac is also in the car with Kate Blanchett. And he, uh, they, Indy gets the truck that he's driving and the uh, car that Kate Blanchett and the uh, Mac is in. He gets them both nose to nose, and they're ba- both uh, barreling towards each other. And Mac's like, you don't know him like I do. You don't know him like I do. And he bails out right before both ends of the truck, and Indy also jumps out as well, as both ends of the car and the truck just smash right into each other. Um, clearly, Mac was right. He, Indiana Jones will do what the fuck ever he needs to to get yep. the fuck out of here. Um, how does he get from the warehouse out? That, I'm trying to figure it out as I'm stringing all this together. I say he's in like the the back of the truck, and he, I think he just runs out. Like I don't think there's any magic way that he manages to escape. Just the ensuing chaos, and it's not um, it's not the car that Kate Blanchett's in. She's already out. Yeah, she's gone at this point. It's Mac is in the car with somebody else, one of the like Russian lackeys or something. Yeah, and he's like, no, 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 don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. You don't know him like I you do. You don't know him like I do. You don't know him like I do. And I think then he's out and he just like runs over a, a sand dune and hides. No, I think he goes further into like the installation because at one point he's fighting with the main Russian guy on this like rocket launch testing um, area. That's right. That's how he gets out. Um, he, well, he doesn't get out. They, um, He ends up. Well, first, one thing that I should mention is as he's driving this big truck, he just drives it through <laughs> like a bunch of crates, a bunch and shit. of fucking crates, and it explodes in a very weird way. Right? It explodes in a weird way. But then one of the things that's unearthed is the Ark of the Covenant. Yes, which is just like a you little wink see, and a nod. You just see the little corner of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, with the the angel wings and everything. But Indy ends up like running into a control room or into a room. Some sort of like testing area for something. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't run into the testing area. He runs into somewhere where there's like um, a glass floor. That's right. That's right. And the Russian guy grabs him and trips him, and then they fall through the glass floor. 
onto the down into what, the. Look, it's almost very re- reminiscent of like X two, like the uh, Weapon X site that the they end up at. Yeah, kind it's of. It's very like dark and gray, and the fucking like the framework they fall on looks very similar to that what you see in X two and everything. Um, but yeah, they're scuffling on that. Uh, as they're doing that, it breaks through all the way. They land on this main uh, like testing rig for like rocket launches and shit like that. Indy pushes the guy through the one window of the control unit for this uh, testing apparatus. Um, the Russian guy falls on it. We see a launch, I guess, kickstarted by this guy's backside. He runs back into uh, where Indy is because Indy's trying to figure out some way out of here. Doesn't think the Russian guy's going to be coming back. The Russian guy comes back up on top of Indy, wraps a r- chain around Indy's neck, starts hoisting him up uh, in the air, trying to choke, basically kill Indy at this point. Uh-huh. And he puts his legs up on the guy's uh, neck. He's trying to get the guy to basically do like this iconic, like legs on the shoulder, legs kind of twisted, trying to get the bad guy to flip over with just his legs. And it's not working because it's a mountain of a man um, that Indy's fighting and shit. It's not working. And then the uh, sequence starts to happen and like, like there's a bunch of Russians running in that are going at to the same moment. Uh, like everything starts jostling, uh, forcing the Russian guy to release his control of the chain that's around Indy's neck. They both fall to the ground, and then right at the last second, the engines kick on. They get fucking pushed to the back wall of the testing rig that they're on. All the Russians that were rushing into the room, except for uh, Mac. He sees what's going to happen. Yep. Ducks, ducks out, of the, out way, of the way, and everybody else all the gets Russians, sets on fire. Yep, they get lit the fuck up. Um, and then we just have Indian, this random Russian guy, just being bolted out of this fucking uh, like uh, tube where this uh, both, rocket was being both tested. Both doing spies like us faces whenever yes. they're uh, face. They're just testing the torted and everything. Yeah. Well, because they're just G forces hitting have, them. Like they, yeah, they have they have no safety gear on, yeah. and they're experiencing the G's of a rocket launch. <laughs> yes. And then we cut to outside where everything's barreling towards uh, like the end of the track and we get more prairie dogs, Ryan, as the prairie dogs watch from one end of the frame and to the other end of the frame as they watch this like uh, test rocket barreling out of the tube and yep. everything. Once again, someone really loves prairie dogs. Um, we get to the end of the thing. They hit like a like a small like lake thing to like, I guess, cool it down and everything. no. They hit some sort of like water thing right before the end. It oh, looked like they? it was meant there to cool everything off, to slow it the fuck down. I'm not and sure. Not make it as hot. It was just like the end of a track. Yeah. And then the Russian guy is, oh, he's a sleeping. But not Indiana Jones. I'm just he's, like, that's not how that works. He's sleeping on Indy's shoulder. <laughs> uh, Indy pushes oh, no, him see, completely Indy, off. Indy has done a lot of uh, a lot of stuff in his life. So he would be less susceptible to the G forces. <laughs> oh, is that how that works? Because plot armor <laughs> is a thing. Right. Like last week, plot armor is huge in this movie, um, and we'll get to that here in a minute or two. Not very long at all. <laughs> um, so Indy, this is this is where he like runs over a hill and just like into this like lays in a little an embankment as they're looking for Indian yeah. shit, and then um, he ends up jumping across a. Uh, fence yeah yeah and we get another shot of prairie dogs watching or no no the uh, last prairie dog shot is of him coming out of the lead refrigerator yeah. um we'll get to that in a second um but yeah and he jumps over a fence looks like he's about to come across some sort of town some way to help him hide from all these bad guys and shit and maybe get him some sort of help of some sort because obviously he's 
just went through a goddamn rocket test at this point, right? right. He's a bit do- disoriented. He's yelling for some people. Nobody's answering him back. He tries to get some water on his face. No water's in the system at all. Nothing's happening. He walks into the main living room of this house. And they're watching Howdy Doody. Yes. And he's like, why aren't you guys... Like, hey, I was yelling for you. I didn't mean to... And he approaches it, and it's just mannequins. Um, and then he quickly realizes, oh, shit. That's right. There's supposed to be some sort of, like, Russian test... Or uh, nuclear well, no, he test. doesn't. he doesn't really realize it. He runs out the front. And then the and sound... Sees, and sees all of the other mannequins everywhere. Yes. And ends up, like, knocking the handle of a... Like a boy on a bike. Well, no, he knocks the handle of a... Um, not a wheelbarrow, uh, radio flyers. What the hell are they? Oh, wagons. Wagon. <laughs> the fuck can I think of wagons? <laughs> Knocks the handle of a wagon out and it like clinks on the ground and it scares him. And then he like tumbles backwards into a boy on a bicycle. <laughs> yeah, that's right. He's just, he's, he's just a fucking Buffalo. Like, come on, Indiana just Jones. Just hitting anything in his vicinity. Come on, Indiana Jones. You are... You are a bull in a china shop. There's a lot of people that spent a lot of time setting those up all nice and pretty so they could be blown up. <laughs> right. You're uh, destroying all of them. And then work. an announcement comes on the like uh, the PA system throughout the entire like small little town thing that they've set up, basically telling them there's about to bo- uh, this be is, a bomb. This is zero hour. Like, <laughs> yes. Better get the fuck out. <laughs> oh, I should also mention, which is just a weird, right before he drops his gun, um, Kate Blanchett's character... Ask Indiana Jones, do you have anything else to say? Indiana Jones, he's like, I like Ike. Which is also very of the time, but I'm just like, now we're going to say that? Why? It just doesn't make any sense because the only reason I'm mentioning it is because we then get, as the siren is blaring, saying that this bomb is about to go off, we get a wide shot of the town and we get in the like left side of the frame of this big atom bomb and on it says, I, I like, like Ike. Ike. I'm just like, why are we doing this? It, it makes no sense. Uh, well, I know that fucking Ike was a political figure of that time, but why are we making these references at fucking all? What does this have to do with anything? Well, okay, so we are in the midst, instead of Nazis, like we thought it was going to be, yes. or what I thought it was going to be, right? Um, and I thought that she was going to be a, a Nazi. A Nazi. Yes. Um, but they are Russians, and we are in the middle of the Cold War. Right, the Red Scare and everything. And the Red Scare, and so people saying things like, I like Ike and stuff, just shows his defiance to... The commies? The commies. Yeah, I guess. Um, and also, fucking 60 years later, Ryan, and there's still not much change of people talking about communism. Just no, want to point that out. Still, still a fucking thing. Well, yeah, but it's... It's not quite the same. No, people's lives aren't being ruined over um, it, but it's still the same obnoxious bullshit as it was before of just people not understanding what communism is or what the fuck they're saying. Anything that isn't what they believe in is apparently communism nowadays. Right. That's my point. Uh, anyway, uh, Indiana Jones quickly realizes he needs to get the fuck out of here. We already did enough of that, Greg. <laughs> right. Um he needs to get well, the fuck no, out of here. Well, no, he sees a car full of, of Russian Russians. guys. Yeah, they're barreling out they of the fucking barrel town. Barrel out. And he's like, oh, don't wait for me then. <laughs> uh, he's scattering. He doesn't know what the fuck to do. He runs back into the house that he was in. He's trying to figure out some way to get the fuck out of here. And then he remembers that refrigerators are lead-lined, right? He takes everything out. 
Seconds before it goes off, it, the bomb goes off. It looks like he's not going to be able to close it. He moves some stuff that he just thrown out on the floor out of the way of the door of the uh, refrigerator. He gets into it. And then the bomb blows up, Ryan. And then we just see one rectangular box get blown up into the air shortly after everything gets set on fire and blown to bits and everything. The refrigerator gets blown out of harm's way, I guess, based on where the distance of where the mushroom cloud is and where Indy is. Not technically out of harm's way. Not even close. Um, but yeah, as he hits the ground, the door pops open. He rolls out right into the face of, guess what, Ryan? A prairie dog. <laughs> I was going to say a Russian. <laughs> Darn, I was wrong. Um, he then gets up and climbs over like a small embankment where the refrigerator had hit. And he right, rolled down and looks at the mushroom cloud. Looks at it. It's pretty massive in front of him. And I'm just like, you would be fucking dead. Yeah, uh, the... No matter how good, so lead helps to block radiation. <laughs> yes, not eliminate which, it, block it. Which is science. That's <laughs> why, like, whenever you go in to get x-rays of your teeth at the dentist, they put that, like, lead-lined... Whatever. Apron Vest or apron, whatever. On the, you. Whatever it may be, depending on, depending on what you're having x-rayed as well. If it's just your right. arm, they don't put anything on you. Right, and so... Like, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's ridiculous what happens. Also, refrigerator. Once again, I go into refrigerators don't work that way because at the time, yes, in the fifties, they were death traps. Safety latches were not a thing that, like, today's refrigerator. Yes, it is closes and opens really push a push door Mm -hmm. with a seal around it. Yep. Um. That you can easily push open from the inside. Ones in the 50s. In that time period. It was an actual they had, latch. They had latches that you <laughs> had to like pull like. I'm trying to think of something to compare it to. Um, like the like the tab of a pop can. Yes. You would have to apply pressure, pressure on the lever position to get it to release the mechanism on the inside. Or like the inside of a car hood. Yeah, yeah, as you're trying to pop it, you yeah. have to move the lever to the side to to, to move your hood up to move the mechanism to to get your hood up. Yes, and so that's that's how they closed and how but they, they excuse it with what they do right. whenever the so they refrigerator it, lands. They make it hit the ground. Apparently, a nuclear bomb is not enough to get the door to fly open randomly. Right, but hitting the ground is right. also. Even if he was in a lead line refrigerator box. Right. As soon as you step out, step over the fucking hill and look at a mushroom cloud that literally looks like it's four feet away from you. Yes. Granted, it's going to be a big mushroom cloud anyway from any distance. Yes. But based on the... Based on the... The weight... (laughs) Of Indiana Jones plus refrigerator, even in a nuclear blast, it would not get him out of the range where I I say this without actually crunching the numbers. Right. So maybe it could have. Fucking phone. But chances are good that it wouldn't have been thrown far enough away to prevent him from taking a lethal dose dose of radiation literally as soon as he rolled out of yes. the, cause like, 
So Chernobyl's a thing. <laughs> and it happened like a really fucking long time ago. Yes. And the elephant's foot is still dangerous enough. And for anybody who doesn't know what the elephant's foot is. It's a big plume it's kind of, of mess of it's, shit. It's kind of hard to explain quickly and succinctly, mm. which we would have to do for the podcast. So I urge you to go and look it up because it is very fascinating. Yes. Um, we should also mention Chernobyl was not like a company or just a facility. It was an entire town. Right. Chernobyl was a town and the power plant was a nuclear power plant and there was some problems as to why it melted down and stuff, which is so also <laughs> which is also fascinating, yes. but we don't have time to get into <laughs> yes, it. Yes. So um, the, the fallout of the um, coolant chamber yeah. leaking... And mixing with uh, radioactive material mm. and the incredibly hot fuel rods because there weren't enough control rods and everything melting together uh, melted all the way through to the sub basement and is still melting yeah, yeah. through the sub basement into just ground. Yeah, um, it's th- still it still has ramifications. Day, yeah. and it still is dangerous enough. Like whenever it was first. Like, they first tried to photograph it and mm-hmm. stuff to let people see what had happened. Yeah. Like, it was dangerous enough that even if you were in full gear, like, the best gear you could get at the time, mm-hmm. if you were next to it for more than 20 seconds, you would take a lethal dose of mm-hmm. radiation. It is still dangerous enough Today, and I want to say that happened in the... 60s, I think. I don't think it was that long ago. I'm not entirely... Maybe you're right. Maybe it was the 80s. I think it was the 80s. Yeah, I think you're right. But I'm going to double check just because that seems important enough to... (laughs) C-H-Y-R-N-O-B... C-H-E-R-N-O-B-Y-L... Disaster date. April 26, 1986. Okay. Um, it is still dangerous dangerous enough today. 40 years later. 35. I, I was born in August of 86. 35 years later. <laughs> I just went from 80 to 2020. <laughs> 35 years later, it is still dangerous enough that if you spend five minutes beside it, you take a lethal dose of radiation. Yeah. So <laughs> all, of back that, to all of that being <laughs> said, <laughs> the fallout of a nuclear bomb, where it's clearly he's only maybe a couple hundred feet away from the actual blast. From where, yeah, from where shit blew up. <laughs> right. He is not far enough away that a... Uh, that a quick decontamination shower (laughs) that they give him is going to do shit. Right. We would have seen, hell, even in that small interview we get in a little bit after he gets decontaminated. He would have went to the decontamination. (laughs) He he goes through the decontamination shower. He sits in the room. And as they start questioning him, he starts bleeding from the eyes, the nose, the ears, the mouth. Something bad would be happening. Everything. His 
insides basically liquefy and he's dead in the chair. <laughs> and that's the movie, guys. That's it. Thanks for tuning in this week. It was a very short make movie. Sure, make sure to like, comment, <laughs> um, But no, plot God, armor, we haven't Ryan. We haven't even started the movie yet. <laughs> this is just the preamble of the movie. Uh, but yeah, Indiana Jones uh, survives it, obviously. He's now in a decontamination um area where he's being scrubbed down but not before they do a dick joke ryan where one of the scrubbers starts scrubbing on his dick and he's like no not having that he brings the damn brush back up to his chest and then we get to indiana jones he's now all fresh and clean and everything he's then being interrogated by the janitor from scrubs and another guy <laughs> the tall it is one the janitor from scrubs. It, it, it's neil flint yes <laughs> i didn't make that connection uh, yeah. Of course, he wasn't talking about a penny. <laughs> um, but he's just basically. I, was his character's name Jan Etor? I, I've no because, idea. Because, God, I hope so. <laughs> and they're, they're questioning him about why he was there at the facility to begin with. Was he working with the Russians? This is the whole Red Scare, McCarthyism. Yeah, you're, you're, a, you're a Ruski because you right. were there. And, uh, you know, they're saying, I can't do this all on my own. Because you know, or I know, that I'm no Superman. <laughs> you made one, so I had to make one, too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, as he's being grilled, It was even better, because you didn't fucking get it. You didn't <laughs> Not get right it. away. I was like, is that what he said? And then whenever he said, I'm no Superman, I was like, oh, I see what he's doing. <laughs> um, they're interrogating him about this instance, and they mention about the Air Force fiasco in... Fifth, or. 40 some odd time and it's alluding to what uh Kate Blanchett's character was talking about about him being brought in to look after some sort of like mutilated corpse and how if he talked about it he would be tried with, for treason and all that and that he would never say anything to anybody because he would put the fear of God into him if he would have spoke to anybody about right. the incident whatsoever and he's just basically like, look, I'm not any sort of like and communist. I, I want to say it's sort. like two CIA guys or two two FBI guys. They're yeah, two FBI guys. black suits, horn rimmed glasses, the whole nine. Um, and he's like, you know, are you kidding me? Like, you should know, I'm not a, I'm not a commie because mm -hmm. of all the work that I did with the U.S. military. Uh, and then as they're having this conversation, and they're like, we know, we know in. all about your record. Dr. And they George. give it. No, they give his rank. Do they? Yeah. I want to say it's corporal, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not sure. I don't even remember them giving the rank. They they give they give his rank whenever they. It would be understandable. He's worked with the government multiple times and shit. But um, go but ahead and say as what yeah, as they're interrogating Indy, and in walks a general, uh, basically telling him, having a very familiar conversation with uh, Indiana Jones, like saying, "Oh, how you doing, Indy? I'm surprised you got out of that fridge safely because those are death traps." Yada yada yada. Uh, and they're the the two like government agents are trying to interrogate Indy as this general's Colonel. talking. Colonel, as this general's talking to him, and the general's like, "No, no, no, this stops right now. Do you know who this man is? Do you know the things he's done, the medals he's won for what he's done for this country? There's no way in hell Indiana Jones or Doctor Henry Jones Jr. is a uh, agent for the Russians. No way." And the uh, the CIA government guys was like, "Yeah, we'll the see FBI, about that." The FBI because they they specifically say they're from the bureau. Okay. Uh, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll see about that." Um, well, he said, you know, basically they tell Indiana Jones like you're of interest mm -hmm. to the bureau. Yes. 
so I think so they also tell him not to go ba- anywhere. Yeah, basically, like, we'll be watching you yes. type. We then cut to Indiana Jones in a classroom teaching a class. I can't remember what he was teaching about, but he's in there teaching. And then we have Jim Broadbent's character come up and just enter into the classroom. And Indiana Jones is like, can I help you? What are you, what are you doing here? And he's like, can I talk to you out in the hall? Jim basically tells him. And we get a cut. We don't hear what's going on on the other side of the conversation. We just see inside the classroom. And Indiana Jones just yells, what? And then the whole class shuts up and is now hearing the conversation between Jim and Indiana Jones. And it, the guy's telling him, he's like, look, there's nothing I could do. The best I could do is to make sure that they put you on indefinite um, absence or some shit like that. You're taking, you're, they're putting you on a leave of absence. Yes. Indefinite. Like they're firing me. Yes. And he's like, no, it's a leave of absence. But With in, full pay and It's everything. indefinite. And, um, and Indy's like, oh, Indy's, this is ridiculous. Indy says, I don't want their money. And he's like, listen, I had to, I had to work really hard. This is the best I can it's do. I've suffered a do. lot because of this. And, and he, Indy's like, what did you suffer? And I forget what he calls the guy. That, uh, the, Jim Broadbent is the actor's Dean. Name. The Dean. And, and the Dean is like, look, I had I resigned. resigned. And, then, and then we got to Indy's home and they don't get Indy's reaction because, yeah, he sacrificed a lot. He sacrificed his job to make sure Indy can still get paid for the time being while everything gets sorted out. Um, we then cut to Indy in his place, and he's just basically suiting up for some sort of, like, he's just going anywhere but here. Well, they ask him where he's going to go, and he's like, you know, I'll fly to New York, and then I'll go, you know, overseas and teach because somebody owes him a favor mm-hmm. overseas. Yeah. And um, you you get the indication that they are they are good friends as well. Yeah, he's, um, the, he's the Marcus Brody of this movie because the actor that played Marcus Brody had passed away in the years before this movie right. came out. So, Which I thought was nice, but it was also sad that... Um, because partway... I believe it's like partway through this scene. Yeah, yeah, where they're going or, through the Like after, after he's like, you know, I'll, I'll go teach here and, you know, I'll... Once I get set up, I'll send you uh, correspondence and you can then send me the rest of my mm-hmm. things. And then he sits down at a desk and they're drinking. And uh, Indy also asks, you know, like how his wife took it and stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, like like a woman would. <laughs> yes. Which is whatever. I, I believe is the actual line that he <laughs> I says. don't think it's specific, but I believe it's along those same lines of like, oh, the woman folk type bullshit. <laughs> like excited and nervous and right. stuff. But... um so you can you can tell that they're friends, and then they talk about how um, it's been a rough couple of years mm, with and Marcus you see, dying, and then you see pictures of Sean Connery as Henry Jones. He's like you know first first dad, and then Brody, and then there's a picture of the guy who played Martin Brody, mm. and I I like that touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, they 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 touch on it for like a second, and then they move on. And then I also nice. I also enjoyed the um, the the adage that was spouted to him after he said that um, the Dean says um, we have apparently reached the age where oh, life yeah. is no longer giving us things. It's, it's beginning you. to take them away. And I was like, that's a really like poignant way to say yeah. that life kind of sucks when you get older, <laughs> <laughs> um, which they uh, also had approached Sean Connery to come back for this movie. And he's like, no, I'm enjoying retirement way too much. Which apparently he was like in, because he just passed, uh, I think in 2020, when he apparently passed in his sleep 
in some sort of like home in the Bermuda area in some like very tropical place. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. Um, but he had passed in his sleep and, uh, before that, for this movie, they had asked him if he wanted to come back. He's like, no, I'm enjoying this island that I'm on. <laughs> I just thought it was very uh, fucking funny that he was just like, no, I will not. Because the scene that they were talking about having come back was just like him just in like some sort of room talking to Henry about everything that just transpired. Very similar to what we get with Jim Broadbent's character in this movie. Right. And all that. But they, he was just like, no, I'd rather be in an, on an island uh, knocking back drinks left and right and not worrying about any of that shit. Uh, anyway, we then cut to Indiana Jones... Giving a, a train ticket and his uh, baggage being put on the baggage cart, and he enters into a train, and then we get all the smoke and stuff, and out barreling through the smoke. Well, is, a couple of guys get on the train as well. Yes, they they follow. Clearly, somebody's following Indy in some manner. Um, but as uh, this character barrels through the smoke, we get Shia LaBeouf in a very like Marlon Brando, um, James Dean esque type character, very stoic greaser type character yep um on a motorcycle and everything and he spots who he's looking for and it's uh indiana jones he's like old man indy doesn't respond he's like professor indy responds to professor and indy right away he's like you're gonna be running out of a fucking uh deck here shortly if you don't hurry up with what you want me to know and he's like um uh what was the professor's name that he's talking about ox they call him Ox, but I think his like last name's like Oxley, like Professor Oxley, Oxley. or Oxford, something like that. Um, he's missing. He um, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. Uh, and this speaks Indy's interest. And uh, we cut to inside some sort of like bar, like malt bar, a malt shop, malt shop area place. Um, and they're having a conversation. Uh, and mutt. He, the character we're talking about now is Mutt, and he reveals his name as Mutt, and Indy's like, what kind of name is Mutt? He's like, it's the name I picked. You got a problem with it? And Indiana Jones like, no. I, I must have misheard it, because I heard Mud. I thought so, too, so I looked it up. It's Mutt. Okay. Um, but yeah, his character's name, Mutt. Apparently, they're playing on the whole idea that he's a... We'll, we'll get there when we get yes. there. Um, but yeah, he says his name is Mutt. And Indiana Jones is like, no, you need to stop getting so hot under the collar. I was just simply asking your name because we didn't see um, Mutt goes on to talk about uh, his mother, Mary Williams. And Indiana Jones is like, I don't know who that is. I've known many Marys. I, I know a lot of Marys. And Mutt immediately pops up with his knife in hand. He's like, kid, you need to That's calm down. That's my mom down. you're talking about. <laughs> and he's like, kid, you need to calm the fuck down. I was simply just saying I know a lot of Marys. Mutt sits back down. And then he takes out his comb. Dips it in this guy's soda and then starts stringing it through his hair. I'm just like, what the fuck? That is the grossest thing I've seen. I don't. I don't think that it's soda. I think that it's water. Is it, I thought it was soda of some sort that he just dipped his comb no, into. No, I think it's water. Ugh, whatever. Um, either way, still not great. No, but, uh, but that was very common for the time for the type of character that he was portraying. Like greasers were very much. Yeah, always like, fixing like the think, hair, think but of, I didn't think they used water for that. I thought it was some sort of like well, hair it's like, paste. It's like pomade, yeah. but I believe that like once it's set, just like gel or anything, if you get it wet, it will loosen enough for you to fix whatever the issue is. Okay. Um, they then to be fair, I know very little about hair products because I don't fucking use it. All <laughs> right. I mean, if the question was about hair ties, I could probably help there, but... Uh, we then get uh, 
Mutt hands Indy a letter explaining to him this is the last thing he heard from Oxley, or Ox is what they call him. And he hasn't heard from him from a, for a while. He knows that he was in some sort of like jail in Peru or some sort, but that was the last he heard of him. Uh, and he looks over and it's just a bunch of gibberish on a piece of paper along with a note to Mutt and everything to go look for Indy and to help him. And it's written from his mother who went to look for Ox. Yes. And was captured herself but escaped long enough to send this note and a phone call. And then Indy realizes that there's two guys at the bar that are very interested in them. Yeah, the moment he gets they, the letter, they get up from the bar. They approach, and they're like, in very thick Russian accents, Yeah, because Indy's like, I think these guys are with the FBI. They speak, and he's like, uh, maybe KGB. <laughs> yeah, these are probably my FBI boys. Then they speak, and he's like, oh, make that KGB. <laughs> like, you know, bring the note and come with us. And, and then he's like, what note? And... Uh, and, you know, Mutt whips out his uh, switchblade. He's like, we got a problem here. And he slams his hand down on the table with the knife in hand. And he's like, you know what, kid? I think you just brought a knife to a gunfight. And they both pull out guns. Right. Uh, they start to escort them out. Mutt has this hat with him as well, like Indy does and everything. Uh, more play on to why that is and everything. Uh, but, yeah, it, as they're walking past through this crowd and everything, he then tells... Um, Indy tells Mutt. Indy to tells punch. Much, Mutt to punch the punch this college jock in the face. This jock college guy in the face. He's like, "What? Just punch him right now! Or punch him!" And Mutt does exactly that. Punches him. The uh, girlfriend of the guy punches Mutt. He goes stumbling backwards. Which side note: the girl that punches Mutt is the daughter of uh, Spielberg and um, um, uh, God, the fuck Willie from Temple of Doom. Um, I can't remember the uh, Cape, Kate Capshaw. Yeah, they eventually had kids and everything. That is Spielberg's daughter punching Mutt in the face as he stumbles back into a group of greasers and everything. And because he's dressed like a greaser, they automatically assume that he's one of their own type shit. And it's one of those American graffiti esque yes. clean, 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 clean. Um, very like jock and greaser type. Uh, and the jock says, get that greaser. Yes. And then we and see this whole scuffle. Chaos. Uh, break out. Indy and Mutt run out of the malt shop. Mutt hops onto a bike. He's like, look, old man, we need to get the hell out of here before they uh, catch up to us. Indy jumps back onto the bike and it's just a chase sequence running through the university grounds and everything. Uh, at one point, the chase sequence ends up at the statue, like memorial statue for Marcus Brody, and they run right into it, and the head of the statue falls off and crashes into the Russian's car, and we just see Mutt stop looking at what just happened, and we see Indy pissed because his friend's memorial statue just got wrecked by a bunch of Russians and shit. Uh, Mutt's like, what? And Indy just looks at him. We then see another car of Russians come barreling out of uh, a crowd or something, uh, like a protest of some sort barreling through that protest uh behind them they uh it's just one of those they go through a library or it ends up at the library ends up in the library Um, before they get away before the statue gets uh like cut up and stuff or gets broken Mm -hmm. and the head rolls off um in the diner mutt had said something to indy about um about how, like, he's a professor. He doesn't know. Mutt doesn't know how Indy can help mm, yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And Indy's like, well, you know. And during this fight scene, Indy gets pulled off of the back of the bike 
into a car full of Russians. Yeah, yeah. and just starts... And just beats the shit (laughs) out of all of them. Jumps back onto the bike. And, like, well, no, doesn't jump back onto the bike. Crawls out of the window onto the back of the bike and is, like, basically skiing behind the bike until until he hits the brakes and then he jumps on. He's like, you're a professor? (laughs) And it's intercut with actual shots of uh, Harrison Ford and he's doing a lot of fucking legwork here. And I'm just like... I don't know if it, maybe I'm just not paying attention and maybe they CGI'd his face over it. Obviously not the guy on the back of the bike, um, like hanging off of the bike, like skiing on his uh, uh, shoes and everything. That's clearly not Harrison Ford, but a lot of the legwork of him fighting everybody where he looked fucking spry as shit. And it looks amazing the way Harrison's moving and everything. It's not like, say, Force Awakens, which is like 15 years after this movie, and he looks a bit... You could tell his age is wearing yeah, on him. Yeah, catching up to him. Um, which is perfectly fine. I'm not being ageist in any way. I'm just saying you can tell that there's a difference between this movie in 2008 and 2015, whenever Force Awakens came out. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, this chase sequence happens. They cut into a library. It looks like the Russians are about to follow them into it. They hear police sirens and shit, and they're like, oh, fuck, we need to get the hell out of here. They peel out. Indy's in the library and everything. Uh, he's Mott is telling everybody to split, split, and and he's like, slow down. There's nobody behind us. We don't need to be fucking doing this anymore. Um, and they skid to a stop. Indy's one of Indy's students. Well, they don't skid to a stop. Um, the guy that can't split out of the way <laughs> yes. opens his mouth, and you hear the Wilhelm scream. Yes, which for anybody who knows, the Wilhelm scream is like. One of the it's most... It's an iconic scream that you would hear always in, like, Star Wars and it's, Indiana Jones. It's... And I believe it's because it's, like... Fr- it doesn't cost them anything to use it. Like no, it's it's, a, it's of uh, free use. It's, it's, uh, it's, like, from, like, a 1920s, like, uh, uh, western of some sort that the sound comes from. Right. I don't I don't remember the, the actual... I looked I can't it up at exactly. one point, yeah, but yeah. Um, it is called the Wilhelm scream. Yeah. And... Everybody uses it. Every action movie you've ever heard, not just like nerd movies, but a lot of fucking action have used this scream. Mm -hmm. And I've never seen one used so blatantly in this manner. Yeah, I have never seen it either. Um, It's very fucking blatant. Like as you're fucking, as the bike is barreling towards this guy with all these books, he screams, and it's the Wilhelm scream. It doesn't. It's not jarring or anything. It's just. All right, this is probably going to be kind of loud, so I'm going to hold it back a little bit. Just so everybody knows what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yes. Did and that you, did that pick it up? I couldn't yeah, hear yeah, in my yeah, headset. Yeah. Okay. It picked so. it up. Uh, and it's always in like a background noise shot. Is all this chaos is happening? Right. Typically, you you never you never really hear just the Wilhelm scream. Right. But you do in this scene. Yes, it's very, like, in your face. Like, there's no way around it. It's the Wilhelm scream. And it's done really well in this manner. Like, the way that they set it up I think it's kind of ridiculous. Yes. Just because I know, like, the Wilhelm scream. And, like, every time you hear it in a movie. Now, and that's the thing. Like, you just... If you didn't know about it, you probably just wrote it off yeah, it's as, just a as a random noise. Yeah. But now, you're welcome. <laughs> because from now on, every single movie you watch... And you hear that. And you hear that, you're going to go, that's the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> like, I know that now. <laughs> and you're going to be able to hear it 
everywhere. Yep. Uh, yeah, they end up. But getting... they they end up crashing the bike, and that's right. They lay it on its side, and Mutt stays on the bike, or like his legs pinned under. But Indy just kind of like slides under a few tables behind it, and they stop, and the table is moved. And one of his students was just like sitting at the table <laughs> and looks down at him on the ground and is like, Dr. Jones, I have a question about some something. Book. Yeah, yeah. And um he tells he tells the kid to read this guy and to get out because uh if you want to be a real archaeologist, you need to get out of you the need library. to get out of the library. And then they start the bike back up and drive the fuck <laughs> off. Um yeah, after the train or not the train sequence, but after the uh chase scene. Uh, we then cut to Indy in his full garb on a plane with Mitt, Mutt. I was going to call him Mitt. No, not yet. What's the next scene? Um, they go to like a library or his house. Oh, that's right. And he's like going and through the letter that he was given. Yeah, he's trying to decipher the letter. Um, and he realizes that uh, uh, Ox has put a riddle on it that only Indy would understand. Well, he, he wrote a, a riddle in a dead language. That had to be translated to Mayan before he could. Uh, and it points to uh, where they need to go from and, here. Well, yeah. And the the thing that they're looking for and the thing that the Russians are also looking for is one of the crystal skulls. Yes. And um, it's been that rumored that uh, one of the, th- the Spanish conquistadors. That was stolen from the city of El Dorado, which is the... City of gold. The city of gold. Um, and that whoever returns it, um, like, inherits the power or can ask for uh, yeah. something. MacGuffin be, reasons, right? Be granted, yes. like, the power. or you, That's it. Be, be granted the power of... Um, or be granted the city of El Dorado. Yes. Uh, and it's this crystal skull that can <clears throat> unlock that potential. Uh, we then cut to them on this plane. Mutt is um, uh, looking over his bike that they take with him for a good while throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, up until the jungle sequence and everything. Uh, Indy's like telling the kid to just calm down. It's safe. There's nothing wrong with it. It'll be fine on the plane. And then we just get that superimposed image of the line trailing where they're going on a map and everything, and they bounce from one place to another and end and up in Peru. Even though it's not my favorite, like, thing from movies of the time, like, of, not of 2008, obviously, because it was not much a thing in 2008. No, it, it's um, been done in but early, in like early the, movies. But in, the you know. 80s and stuff, whenever the, the first Indiana Jones movies, I like that they kept it in there for, yeah. for this movie. It was just a nice touch and i think that it added some authenticity mm-hmm. to this as an indiana jones movie yeah. because it continued and i say that preemptively because if they take it out and they don't do it in the next one indy 5 i'm probably going to say something about <laughs> it and be like i don't like that they took that out because now it feels less like an indiana jones movie because every other one yeah has every done single it. one has done it uh so i'd almost bet they probably will have it in the fifth one uh, we then cut to Indy and um, uh, Mutt in this village, and they're just having a conversation as Mutt puts his bike under the protection of some guy. Uh, Indy tells him it's perfectly fine. I've dealt with this guy before. And as they're walking through this village and shit, 
we were just having this conversation about how Mutt used to be in a bunch of universities and how his mother's pissed at him that um, he would never stay in one university at one time and he's learned well, all no, this stuff. No, he quit school altogether. Yeah, and that he can't learn anything from a book that he can't learn out in the world and everything. Um, he's learned fencing and all this different type of shit. He's just like, I'm over it, and he's out of school completely, and his mother's pissed at him about the whole idea. And Indy's like, and he also mentioned, Indy's like, well, what do you do for money? And he's like, I work on bikes. He's like, and that's what you want to do with your life? And Mutt's like, yeah, what's the issue? And he's like, there's no issue. If you're happy with that and it makes you happy working on people's bikes, go for it. If, if Don't let if anybody else tell you different. Do it. Don't let anybody else tell you any different. Um, they end up walking to this like monastery with these uh, sisters, the nuns and everything. And we then, uh, as they're walking well, into no, this... No, they talk to a random person while... Or Indiana Jones talks to a random like villager while Mutt sits there and like plays and flips his knife around. Plays with and flips That's his right, knife around. Yeah. And they ask him what he was speaking. And it's some sort of like local dialect derived from like Mayan or something. Mm-hmm. And um, the, he asks how he found it. And then Indy says that he was following a boxer. Like he helped, he helped with a boxer or something. Yeah. I don't remember. And I don't remember who it was. Um, but that's how the whole thing with like, um, like family comes up is mm-hmm. because he's like, well, wasn't your dad pissed? And he was like, well, I mean, Things were kind of heated at home at the time, so it worked out. And mm-hmm. Then that's when he's like, "Oh yeah, my mom's kind of upset with me too because I quit all these univer- I quit school and I was in all these different private universities and stuff, and I didn't really like it. And Ox was kind of like a dad to me because after my dad died, um, he kind of helped raise me and used to read to me and stuff. He's like, I still enjoy reading, but I just like." prefer to learn stuff in the real world and he also likes to read stuff that he wants to read not what he's told to based on the curriculum right. uh they uh, like i said uh, earlier they enter into a monastery uh with a few sisters and it's obviously like some sort of like prison infirmary church like monastery. it's a it's an asylum isn't it insane asylum yeah okay i wasn't sure uh but as they enter we then see mac come out of the shadows and shit lighting a cigar watching them go into this prison and shit uh indicating that mac is on their trail as well uh, we then uh, see Indy and Mutt being escorted through this uh, insane asylum by the sister, um, and she to Ox's room. To Ox's room, yeah, that's it. I can't remember if she calls him something else, but yeah, they uh, she ushers him into Ox's where Ox was being held, and it, we just see all over the room just all these different etchings, different uh, variations of uh, like this weird shaped skull, just everything uh, the word return, return in different languages throughout the entire room and uh, as they're panning through and he's looking at all of it and we slowly pan to mutt and he's in tears at this point just like ox what happened to you just not sure what the fuck happened to this proxy father figure you had in right. his life um but he's just wondering what the hell happened Indy's looking through the uh, note that he got, and then he's putting two and two together he's like oh he would have left a clue in this room for us to find and go to where he wants us to go to next. Um, they start looking around the room. Indy gets the idea to start looking at the floor and everything because he sees a few like etchings of a few things on the floor. Um, and then he tells Mutt to start sweeping. Indy gets up a bit higher and then sees the etching on the floor that Ox had put there, and it points to the grave of Francisco de Orella, Orellana, a conquistador who searched for Acator, which is the city of gold. Akator is the Mayan version of the City of Gold. Right. Like that. Um, 
Um, and that's where this etching points to, and that's where they need well, to go to next. Right, um, but it's... <laughs> and the only reason that I remember this, this part of the riddle, um, it's something about whatever his name was. It says his cradle is where they need to go. Mm. And after he uncovers, or only the, only the gods can see his cradle. And then... Um, Indy decides that, like, only the gods can see it. Like, he, they bring up the uh, Nazcazor lines. Nazca, I remember that. Nazca lines. Nazca the lines. Geoglyphs that were etched by Mayans and Aztecs and Incans of just, like, either giant ants Like, or... when you're standing right next to them, they just look like fucking lines in the desert. Right. But if you get into an airplane, and these are, these are real things that yeah, exist yeah, yeah. in yeah. the world... They're like huge fucking pictures. Yes, yeah, pictographs of and, of different things of that time. And they uh, they they uncover one, and Indy's sitting up on top of like he got up as high as he could in the cell to see the pictogram that was drawn on into the floor mm-hmm. in the in much the same way as the Nazca as the Nazca lines. Um, and then Indy says that the Mayan word for cradle also means grave. Mm-hmm. And the only reason that I remember that is because I went, oh, from the cradle to the grave, and DMX started barking at me. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> of course. Uh, and, and I should go ahead and like let people know, DMX did not actually start barking at me. DMX is, is a rapper who is well known for like the X gonna give like, a damn. <laughs> or mimicking barking like a dog. And he was in a movie called Cradle to the Grave. Yes. With Jet Li. Uh, yeah. We then cut to Mutt and Indy uh, approaching a, a, an old like Aztec burial site. Yep. Um, they're trying to figure out where to go next. Uh, and as they're going through it, we see all these like figures popping in and out of different like uh, catacomb holes and uh, like hideaways and shit like that. We see one just run up behind them, or it looks like he's going to attack them. He jumps down into a well. Mutt thinks he sees something, and he's like, "You're just seeing shadows at this point, or you're chasing, chasing shadows." shadows. Uh, Mutt, Mutt is like, "Oh, here's a ladder," or he doesn't say, "Here's a ladder." He the looks at a ladder. He's like, "This is the way down," and he breaks every rung as he goes all the way down. Uh, falls down. Indy slowly comes up behind him, down a set of steps. And he's like, holds out his hand, and this is the way up. <laughs> Which is just a ridiculous line. But also, like, yeah, you're an idiot because you just fell down this old fucking ladder when there were steps right over here. Uh, they descend further into it. We see a few figures, or they start to descend into it. And then they see we see a bunch of, like, Aztec figures just... Or, Mayan like gar- grave protectors of some sort. They don't really explain what they are, in like a weird kabuki mask esque type things. I'm not sure what the Aztec or uh-huh. Mayan version of that would be. Um, but they start attacking Indy and Mud, and uh, they start uh, puffing out darts and shit. And one hits the uh, handle of the shovel that they have, and Indy's like, "Don't let them hit you with a dart. They're poisonous." Uh, a few scuffles break out. Uh, they all the they're diving in random ra- yeah they're diving in random holes all of them just basically disappear and shit as they dive into holes and he looks at Mutt he says you stay here 
dives into one of the holes as well. Whip in hand, gun, everything. Just dives right into the hole. One of the uh, grave protectors pops up with his like little blow dart. About behind to, Mutt. Behind Mutt. Uh, Mutt about turns to, around and looks like he's about to bite it. And Indy pops up in front and blows the dart into the dude's mouth as he's taking a breath to shoot it at Mutt. <laughs> yes. The guy falls down, obviously died from the poison, which I'm not sure because the needle wouldn't have turned around. No. So I guess just the pain of a dart being blown into the back of your throat was enough to knock the guy out, I guess. Uh, the guy falls to the ground. Plot and, armor. Yes. Uh, and as uh, Mutt is looking at Indy dealing with this guy, another like grave protector comes up behind uh, Shia LaBeouf Mutt. And as he does, Indy raises his gun that he has in his holster up to the, the guy, and the guy backs off completely, just ducks into the catacombs and everything. And Mutt's like, you're a professor? And Indiana Jones is like part-time. It's one of the things you see in a trailer for this movie of him... Mutt saying, you're a professor, and we have the yeah. iconic, like, wide shot of Indy looking down at Mutt with all the all smoke. All heroic. And, yes, very looking very heroic. Just part-time. Um, they then descend further into the grave. They see the, like, seven, um, like, conquistadors that were with uh, Francisco that were lost. Because the, the legend is that Francisco and his men got lost in the jungles in Peru looking for the Acador, uh, the city of gold, El Dorado, if you will. Um, and no one has been able to find them. And, uh, we then, uh, get them, uh, just trying to survey the scene to try to, <laughs> fucking sweetie, uh, trying to survey the scene of what's going on here. Um, they start opening up one of the, uh, uh, mummified bodies that they see that it's like these bodies that are set up in a particular way and they're wrapped in some sort of like ceremonial dressing of some sort. They're not sure what or who these things are that are in this mummification process we think uh indy starts opening it up he sees he basically opens it up completely we see just the perfectly preserved body of one of the spanish conquistadors we're not sure who they just yeah it's one of them it's one of something happened to your mic what the hell happened i don't know huh (laughs) she didn't jump up there she just like bonked her head against it and somehow it got unplugged there oh Wonderful. Um, uh, um, yeah, uh, they they open up the uh, mummified sarcophagus, uh, humanoid thing. I don't know how to properly cocoon. Cocoon. That's it. Um, and as they open it up, um, they're commenting how it's perfectly preserved because of the wrappings. And as they do, they then see the skin on the guy just start to disintegrate and shit. And Indy's like, "Well, clearly, air doesn't agree with this guy." Um, but he's been wrapped up for seven hundred years. Air doesn't agree with him. Right. Uh, as they're going through it more, they're trying to figure out where the crystal well, skull may be. He's going to take a knife, and uh, Mutt looks at him, and he's like, well, I don't want to keep borrowing yours. <laughs> yeah. I was going to put it back, <laughs> and then he puts it back. Uh, and they're trying to figure out where the crystal skull was, because they they've gotten hints through Ox's letter that he's been there before, that he returned the crystal skull. They just don't know where Ox returned the crystal skull. So they're trying to figure out what happened, why Ox, or anybody that's been here before. They're not entirely sure if it was Ox before, but they're wondering why anybody that was here before wouldn't take all this gold that's also in the room with all these men and shit. And and he's like, there's millions of dollars here, why not just take all this? And as he does, he tosses some of the coins back, and they start inching their way towards like the back of the uh, Francisco's final resting place. And they're like, oh shit, there's something behind him. They move him completely, they take the skull out, 
or they start Wait. rummaging around in where the skull would be, and they pull it out, and it's just like this elongated skull and shit. Um, and I should also comment, like, these crystal skulls have been found in real life, and they're like these perfect etchings of skulls and shit that have been actually found. I think it, they actually mentioned the actual thing. I think it's called the Mitchell Hedges skull, which is found in Mesoamerica and yep. uh, throughout the entire world and shit. And nobody's, not, n- nobody's quite sure where they came from. They know they exist. They know that they have been found in different civilizations of different time periods. They just don't know how or where or why these actually exist. And they don't, they don't have the magical powers. Right. They, they're not actually magnetic so. like in the in this movie or anything. They just are just a perfect representation of a skull just well, in they're crystal not, form. They're not magnetic in this movie right. either because uh, one of the things that attracts to the side of it is a piece of gold. Yes. And, gold is not magnetic. And Mutt even says, you know, gold's not magnetic. Like, what the hell is this thing? Right. Um, and Indy also, like, just full-on throws the body of this conquistador at at Mutt and is like, hold this. Yes. Um, They are basically like, yep, this is the Crystal Skull. We need to get the fuck out of here before anything else happens. They are exiting the gravesite, and as they slowly exit the gravesite, they're sending back up, and they see Mac and a bunch of Russian dudes just pointing guns at them. Mac says, Jonesy, and then we cut to inside of... uh, uh, them traveling to another we get another superimposed image of like trucks traveling and shit like that to another area um uh, with a map superimposed over yep. all these images of the lines crawling towards about some small village of some sort i can't remember exactly some jungle area we then cut to uh mac talking to jones in this tent area uh jones is tied up at this point he's almost in like a dentist chair of some sort um, but he's just very marathon man ask. Yes. And it's, um, is it secret? And he has all is these, he has all these like recording devices on one side and everything. And he's just telling Mac, like the moment I get out of here, I'm going to punch you in the fucking nose and break your nose. I'm going to break your nose for betraying me. And Mac's like, look, I don't know what you want from me. I have a lot of debts that I need to get squared away. I need their money. There's nothing else to it. And, it, and he mentions just like Berlin, I need to do this. Um, he's hinting at something. We're not quite sure, but he's hinting at something. Uh, in walks Kate Blanchett's character as Mac is in the middle of this. Um, and Mac just fucks off trying to play coy that he wasn't just trying to hint at something too Indy. We then cut to uh, Kate uh, switching on the flip or switching on the flip, switching on the recorder and, and I guess tangentially interrogating um, Indiana Jones. Um, cause she says like, look, Ox is here in this camp area with us. He's just lost his mind. We don't know how, we don't know why, but he's lost his mind and we need someone to help focus what he knows to help us get to the city well, of no, Akator. He's, he, he's lost, he lost his mind because he had the crystal skull. Yeah. And he looked in the eyes of the crystal skull as well. And so she hooks him up to a bunch of monitoring like, equipment. Yeah. It, like it, a brain lie detector some type sort. thing. Yeah. It's. With the um, needles etching back and forth, shit like that. And she's apparently some sort of, like, psychic. Yeah, uh, apparently. Which it? they've played on a few times in the movie. Yeah, yeah, because she tries to read his mind earlier, very early in the movie, and apparently Stalin is very fascinated with psychic abilities and shit like that. And this is right around the time of, like, um, the, fuck, what is the... 
there's some sort of like research thing in the government that happened shortly in the 60s and 70s. I can't remember the name of it. Where they were MK trying, Ultra. Yeah, MK Ultra. Where they're trying all these different things with like psychedelics and torturing methods and shit like that of trying to figure out ways to psychically manipulate someone in some way. Um, and that's what MK Ultra. That was our did. government, though. That was not our the, government, not the Russian government. But Stalin. In actual history, Stalin was fascinated by like psychic ability and shit like that. Yeah. He was also fascinated by the crystal skulls. So whenever they were formulating the story and it being set in the 50s and the commie scare and all that, and that's who Kate Blanchett's character is. The Stalin had found a uh, a great eye for her because of her psychic ability, quote unquote psychic ability. And we see her just uh, starting to uh, go through like the body and the skull of the alien that they pulled from the warehouse earlier. It also has a crystal skull, um, which doesn't come into play later on for whatever reason. Um, The alien is then um, like the skull. I think the skull is removed from the alien and they just discard the body somewhere. Uh, and the skull that they remove from the conquistador grave, they set on a table. They tell Indy, you're going to look in the eyes of this thing to help me figure out what Ox is saying, saying. what's going on with him, because he's just spouting gibberish at this point. Um, and Indy's like, I'm not helping you at all. And I, bet, I think they strap his head to the thing to stare at it and shit. And he's staring at it. And we just hear like whispering and shit and something's going on as he's staring at it. We see the uh, skull starting to glow and everything. And we see, we cut to Ox. At th- this whole time, he's just dancing around, just uh, acting like a bit of a madman at this point. Just dancing around with the other Russians and shit, just uh-huh. having a good time. Um, and then whenever he, Indy starts looking at the eyes of the skull, Ox just stops completely, sits down, and he starts repeating what Indy is saying as well. And there's like something clearly going Henry, on. Right. Because... Uh, like he does, he has a conversation with Ox where he's like, "Ox, it's you know, Henry Jones mm-hmm. Jr. Like, like you know me. We went to school together. Like, I need you to snap out of it. You're batshit crazy, right? Um, and then um, <clears throat> right before they feel like Indy's about to go insane, they stop the whole ceremony and everything, and they cover the crystal skull. Yes, they cover its eyes. Uh, Kate Blanchett is like, look. Tell me what you know. Um, and well, no, no. no um, he looks like catatonic, and uh, Mac tries to help. Mac him. Mac goes and uh, uncuffs him, and as soon as Mac uncuffs him, he punches fucking punches him, him in the nose and breaks it. And Mac says as much. He's like, "You broke my nose," and then he's like, "I told, I told you. you I was going to." <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you expected. Uh, we then get Indy escorted outside. You do that, I'm going to beat your ass. <laughs> Why'd you beat my ass? I fucking told you I was going to. <laughs> we then uh, get uh, Indy escorted outside the tent. Mutt is brought over to him. Kate uh, Blanchett uh, threatens to kill the kid if Indy doesn't help figure out what's going on with Ox. Indy, Indy's like, you know what? Or no, Ox is like, you know what? Kill me. I don't give a shit. Mutt. <laughs> Mutt says, kill me. I don't give a shit. Don't give them anything. Don't give them anything. And he's like, you heard the boy. Uh, and then Kate Blanchett is like, clearly we didn't hit the right pressure point. And then she turns to the other tent and out walks. Says Russian things. Yes. Out walks Marion Ravenwood. Uh, the girl from the first Indiana Jones movie, Indy's old love, his old flame. And apparently, as we'll find out later on, they were about to get married at one point. Um, and then threatens to kill Kate Blanchett 
Scott's character threatens to kill Marion. Well, he he's like Marion. Yeah, they have this like meet cute, and it's almost well, not meet cute, but like this like reunion of sorts. And as he's about to reunite with her, she slaps him or punches him again. Like they, w- what happened when they first well, met? Well, slaps in the first him and then walks over, and Mutt says, "Mom," and then he's like, "Mom, M- mom, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like Marion is your mother." Yes, uh, and they're trying to have this like back and forth, and Indy uh, is trying to get information from Marion, like trying to figure out what the hell she's doing here in the middle of the fucking jungle, why she's here, what happened, how is she a mom, all those things, and she's just basically like telling him like I don't know what you want from me. I had to move on with my life. I became a mother, a wife. Uh, you went off and did your things, leaving behind a trail of bodies wherever you went. Indy's not hearing any of it he's just completely flabbergasted by the idea that marion ravenwood is a mother um and then kate blanchett is like look if you don't help me with ox i'll kill marion and you'll both just have to deal with it uh indy reluctantly agrees to the idea walks up to ox ox just speaking gibberish at this point nobody knows what the hell he's doing he's waving his hand in a certain way and they're not sure what the hell is going on but he's just nuts at this point and he puts two and two together. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, give me a uh, paper and something to write with. And then they just put the piece of writing implement in uh, Ox's hand, put the paper up to it, and he starts writing like pictographs and shit. And um, Kate Blanchett's character is like, oh, pictogram. Why didn't I think of that? Or whatever the fuck the fucking line is. Um, like auto-drawing or something? Yeah, that, yeah that's it. Auto-drawing. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, they, he finishes, uh, making all these images and then we just see Indy stringing them all together. Oh God. What is the, I wrote it down. I can't remember what I, okay. So Ox writes, the water sleeps until the great snake. And we see Indy trying to string them all together, try to figure out what the hell all these pictures mean. And we, he's going through all of them to like the different, like Aztec, Incan, Mayan cultures and shit like that, trying to figure out what ox is written right here and he figures out that the actual thing he's saying is the water sleeps until the great snake and they somehow come up with the idea that what they're talking about is a near for plot reasons is a nearby river that they're close to that if they just follow it then ox will give them the next well, clue. the amazon is called the great snake yes and it's it's all very convoluted and all very like for plot reasons ryan we're the place that we're at is close to where but we need also, to be. He also says something about it, like falling three times. Yes. Um, and then go through the tears to find. And as Indy is trying to work out a map with um, Kate Blanchett's character and a few of the other Russians, we see Mutt starting to circle a few of them, trying to figure out some way to get out of this. He then, I think, flips the table that Indy is like leaning against against a bunch of Russians. Tells Mutt tells them all to run. They yeah. grab Ox. They all start running and shit. They start they hide behind a bunch of trees and shit. Um, Marion and Indy are further away from Mutt and Ox. And as they're talking about what they need to do next, Marion and Indy start sinking completely. Um, and Indy and Mutt's like, "Oh, this is quicksand. We need to get you out of there." And Indy's like, "No, it's not quicksand. It's." Um, it's dry sand. Quicksand is like a mixture of um, mud and sand and water and all these things. And Marion's like, this is not the time for an education. Uh, we need to get out of here. And Indy's like, if we don't move, we should be fine. As long as no void collapse happens, we should be fine. And poof, out comes like a cut, uh, gust of wind and shit, and they start sinking faster. 
And uh, Andy just turns to Mike. He's like, find something for us to grab onto. Ox, fucking help us. And Ox is like, help, help. And he runs off into the woods just yelling for help. Um, and then uh, Marion and him just start squabbling back and forth about everything. And then Marion reveals to him that Mutt is his son. Um, that she... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, one of the big reveals is that Mutt is his son and that Mutt doesn't know anything about it, that the, his her husband just thought it was her her and his kid or whatever the fuck. Um, Mutt returns with a fucking big-ass rat snake, gets Marion out, and Indy's like, a snake, I can't, no, not, not a snake. I can't deal with the snake. Just uh, tell me it's a rope. Tell me it's a rope. And Mutt the entire time was like, what the fuck? It's a snake. It's a fucking rat snake. It's not poisonous or anything. It'll do just fine for what we're dealing with right now. And Indy's like, just tell me it's a snake. Or just tell me it's a rope. And they're like, all right, grab onto the rope. And Indy grabs onto the snake. And then they pull him out and shit. And Indy's like, get that thing away from me. And Mutt's like, it's a snake. And then tosses the snake. They're all breathing a sigh of relief. And as they do, Ox comes back in. And he's like, help. And then all the Russians come in around them and surround everybody. Um, Clearly, that's what Ox went to go do. He went and got his keepers back to where they ran. Uh, We then cut to the entire group in the back of a big-ass truck, canvas truck-like thing that we've seen off and on throughout the movie. Uh, Marion, Mutt, uh, the main big-ass Russian guy and Indy are all in this truck, and Indy is just basically pissed. Because also, right after she reveals that Mutt is his son, uh, Indy fucking scolds her. He's like, you you let him drop out, drop of, out of school? Out of school. Uh, they're in the uh, truck now, and Indy's like, you're going back to school the moment we get done with this. And, and Mutt's like, what are you talking about? And Marion reveals to him that Indy is her father, is his father, and Mutt's like, no, my father was a fighter pilot. He died years ago. And Marion's like... Colin Williams was a great man, but he was not your father. He was your stepfather. And Indy's like, Colin Williams, I introduced you to. And Marion's like, what do you want from me? You left a day before our wedding. Um, clearly indicating that uh, she the, was... The Russian your... guy has had enough at this point. Yes, He's this like, whole family squabble. Shut up. Just shut up. And they keep yelling at each other. Yes. And so he stands up. Goes to try to corral them to stop. And then well, Indy... Puts, puts a gag in Marion's yes. mouth and she just continues to talk through it and then I don't know who kicks first is it Indy that kicks first I think it's Indy and then Mutt takes a page from his uh, book and then does the same thing and they end up knocking the Russian guy out on the floor of the truck uh, Indy goes into the front of good the old, truck good, good old fashioned family kick fest <laughs> right. Indy goes to the front of the truck, knocks out the guy driving. I don't think there is a passenger, but he knocks out the guy driving, takes control of the truck. Marion comes through the same uh, hole that Indy just exited into the uh, front of the truck. Um, They smile at one another. Just And fucking Karen Allen, not missing a beat when it comes to Marion Ravenwood. Like, fucking spot on. Yeah. Fucking doe eyes, big smile, everything. She's fucking brilliant in this movie. But they give each other a smile, like, all the good old times type bullshit. Yeah. Uh, and then Indy tells her to take a, uh, control of the vehicle. Uh, as she does, he goes back in. Mutt comes back out. And as that happens, the Russian guy starts to wake back up, I believe. And he scuffles with Indy at this no, point. No, not yet. Because um, Mutt comes up and is like, what's he going to do? And 
Marion says, I don't think he plans that far ahead. <laughs> and as he, she says that, he shows back up with a fucking rocket launcher. That's right. And he point, pops his head out with the rocket launcher. He's like, you're going to want to cover your ears. It's going to be loud. Fires it. It yeah, somehow, for story reasons, misses everything but that front vehicle. Because as they're going through this caravan, there's like a f- front vehicle. That's like chopping down, down, all down all the trees. All the trees and shit. Uh, and as they're doing that, uh, Indy fires the rocket launcher. It hits where it needs to. And like this big like uh, blade thing comes careening through the entire the rest of the... Well, it's what's cutting all the trees down. Yes, and it cuts through several vehicles as well as it's heading towards them completely. They all duck. It cuts through parts of the front of the truck and the entire back half of the truck as well. Um, and the, this is where mass chaos starts to happen because everybody's now on to what's going on. That Indy has now escaped. He's fired a fucking rocket at our lead vehicle. Everything just all hell is breaking loose. Ox is in another vehicle completely with Kate Blanchett holding onto a sack with like the presumably the skull in it. Uh, and then they're just trying to fire at Indy and Marion and Mutt, trying to get them the fuck out, uh, trying to stop them from getting out and everything. Uh, Indy, I can't remember what he does. I think he he stays in that vehicle for a little while as he's trying to scuffle with the Russian at this point. Yeah, I think so. Or they pull up alongside another vehicle. And he jumps over and beats the piss out of all the Russians in that Yeah, because it's also the same vehicle that Mac is in. And he starts beating the shit out of Mac. And he's like, no, Indy, no, I'm on your side. Remember Berlin? That's what I was trying to tell you earlier. Berlin. I'm CIA. I'm, yeah, I'm CIA, blah, blah, blah. And Indy's like, oh, shit, so you're a double agent. And Mac's like, yes, I'm on your side. And then we also- Because that's what we played in Berlin. That's right. what he was trying to clue Indy in on. He's like, I almost screamed it at you in the tent. All right. Um... What is it? Kate Blanchett's character starts unloading uh, uh, some sort of automatic rifle at them and shit. No, not yet. I know she does at one point. She It empties, and then she starts sword fighting with Mutt. She's again. shooting an AK-47 at them from another vehicle. Mm. And then um, Indy has taken over a car that... Uh, has like a machine gun on the front of it. And Marion and Mutt join him in that car because it's faster than the truck that's now Yeah, it's like a jalopified pon- from the blade running through yeah, it. Yeah, and it's like a pontoon car type thing. Yeah, it's it's it'll a, come into play. It's a boat a car. Yeah. Um and as uh, as they're bobbing and weaving through everything, uh, yeah, and then Mutt ends up having a sword fight with Kate Blanche character. Kate Blanchett's Well, yeah, character. Uh, Indy tells him to find a weapon. Yeah, and he finds. And rather than fucking something loaded, well, rather than fucking getting in the gun turret on the front, <laughs> yes, he decides to pick up a sword. Yes, uh, and then just has a sword fight between Kate Blanchett's character, Marion's driving his. Uh, uh, well, he wanted he's he in. wanted to show his mom and dad that the fencing <laughs> lessons that he took at school paid off. That's all that was. Uh, yeah, and as he's having this sword fight, she's like telling him different like uh, stances to take and shit as he's doing it. He's like, "Mom, this is real life. This is not a match." Uh, and she, Kate Blanchett's character, ends up besting uh, Mutt's character, but somehow I can't remember exactly why Kate Blanchett ends up on their car and starts pointing the gun at Marion and unloading the gun. That's on the hood of the car at Marion. I think Marion hits the car as she's going to 
I think deliver, so. deliver the she death stumbles blow. up because yeah, as they're scuffling and shit between Kate and Mutt, um, Kate stumbles into the front of the vehicle that Marion is driving. Mutt is still like teetering between the two vehicles and shit, and we get the stupid joke of all these branches and shit hitting Mutt's dick, and it's just a lame joke. While Indy's trying to deal with um, a truck full of, of Germans, of Russians, or yeah, um, and. As the fight calms down and Kate is now back into another vehicle after trying to shoot at Marion and failing horribly, uh, jumps onto another vehicle of other Russians. And then uh, as that happens, we see Mutt standing on the edge of the vehicle with Indy and they're just smiling at one another. Indy ducks behind a branch, looks to his front of him, and then Mutt doesn't dunk. No, he's like, sit down, Mutt. Or sit down, Something kid, like sit that. Down, I can't kid. remember exactly. And a, a fucking vine, like... Snags him and... Snags him and pulls him up into the trees. I guess. And now Mutt is in the trees while all this shit is happening with the rest of the group while they're trying to get away and the Russians are firing rounds and shit at Indy. And then Mutt looks at a group of monkeys and thinks, hey, I can swing too. I could be a Tarzan. <laughs> um, and then we get a sequence of a grown man swinging through vines in the jungle with a bunch of monkeys. I'm a monkey man. <laughs> um, it is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Like, I know Indiana Jones is like this, like, adventurous, like, good time, if you will. But to have someone basically be like, look, there's monkeys. Monkeys th- swing through vines. I can do that as well. I'm a monkey. Is insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, Mutt is swinging through, trying to catch up to the entire group as everything's fucking happening. We then see Marion take the car careening off to the side because we see like this chase sequence between Indy and everybody uh, with Marion driving her car and Indy's scuffling with a few Russians. And as they're skittering towards the edge of it, we see Marion look at it, smile. Something's going on. We're not sure what. Um, they then turn uh, the vehicles around. They go to the... Um, I no, guess... not yet. Um, that's after... Um, this this scene is... Indy is driving. Her and um, Max. Mac. Or Mac. And um, they're basically trying to push... Kate Blanchett's character is trying to push them off of the cliff. Yeah. And she says, goodbye, Dr. Jones, and goes to do it. And right then, uh, here comes Mutt. With all these monkeys. With all the fucking monkeys. Gets the crystal skull, gets Ox into the car with Marion. (laughs) And for whatever reason, the monkeys are helping him. Because they're attacking Russians. they're attacking the Russians. (laughs) Apparently, Amazon monkeys are not very happy that the Russians were cutting down all their trees. I guess. Um, Story reasons. Of course. Uh, and as, yeah, as the chase continues, uh, their vehicle stops as they're dealing with the last of the monkeys and tossing them off. Some of them are out of the vehicles trying to deal with the monkeys and shit. Uh, Marion uh, barrels the car uh, to one side, turns it around completely, and uh, we see the group of Russians before we, they even recognize that Marion is at that point where they're at. Or no, no, no. Marion is in a car by herself. No, she's in the vehicle with everybody. She's driving. They're all telling her, no, we're getting close to the edge. We're getting close to the edge. You need to stop. No, whenever, whenever Indy is in control of the car. But we're missing the scene with the, the beat down and stuff. So 
Marion is like in her own car all by herself. Mm. Indy's in a car with all the other guys and uh, with Ox and the Crystal Skull and Mac. And then whenever Shia comes swinging through the woods and the monkeys help them, they end up like going over a cliff or like a, like a little divot and the car like breaks down and they start running. Kate Blanchett's character also goes over and whenever she goes over, she points a gun at them and an ant crawls up onto her hand and bites it. And it's a giant fucking ant. I'm not sure what kind of ant it is supposed to be. Well, they call it, uh, a Siafu? But I thought this was afterwards, because they go... Because she's in that pontoon boat. No, that's how they escape the... Oh, that's right, because they end up going... Because all the Russians are firing Yeah, into this divot thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, um... A Siafu is the... And Mutt asks him, what's a Siafu? And he's like, a big damn ant. And he's like, get the fuck out of here. Because we see a few of the Russian guys that are still... They basically, like, run to the cliff. Yes. And they get shot at. Ox falls down. Indy goes to help him, and the big, bad, mean Russian guy gets close to him and starts beating the shit out of Indiana Jones. Yes, and Ox gets his idea, like, maybe this will help, and starts unfurling the... Well, he doesn't really get the idea of maybe this will help. He's just a crazy-ass man. Is like, look, ants, isn't my crystal skull pretty? (laughs) And all the ants just just, separate. Yeah, separate, like, the Red Sea. And there's, like, this big, like, oval area around Indy and this Russian guy fighting and shit. And it's like a knockout, drag-out fight where it looks like they play with the idea of them falling into the ants and being devoured by the ants. We see one of the Russian guys get devoured by the ants for whatever reason. doesn't get carried away. It just gets devoured by these big-ass ants. Um, And then uh, as the... uh, fight continues on. We see Marion jump back into the vehicle that she was in. She in the pontoon boat yep. thing and goes and picks up Mac and Mutt. Yes. Uh, Indy finishes his fight. It looks like he's about to be bested by the Russian guy, and then he picks up a, a like dead wood log. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, or it's it's wood without its bark on it. So what's it called, Greg? <laughs> squallwood. Squallwood. Yeah, he picks up a squallwood branch. And, like, breaks it over his midsection and then punches him a few more times in the face. With no effect. It doesn't look like he's working at all whenever this happens. It just looks like the guy's being well, pummeled no, with a bunch I mean, of shit. Indy's like, what the fuck am I going to do? He goes to rear back to punch the guy. And then the big Russian guy. Realizes that he's knocked out and he just falls backwards into the ants. And they devour and him. And immediately wakes up and starts screaming. And, and all this time, Kate Blanchett's character is, like... Dangling from a vine as well. Yeah, Trying to get away from the ants because she saw a few of her Russian guys get taken out by ants. Right. Shit, so. so she she starts climbing a vine and the ants like build a DNA strand, <laughs> which to get one up to her. There are versions of ants that make like bridges and like structures and things out of each other's uh, bodies yeah, to bodies. get to either higher ground or to get to food or, uh, but not to attack. That's not how the ants work. They don't climb each other to attack something. They will attack things. They hell, there have been huge ant colonies that have obliterated fucking wasps before. But what they don't do is make a, ty- a towering structure to go attack a big ass human being. Right, and That's one ant gets on her, and then she crushes it with her thighs. Right, um, Marion. Uh, also, we should also mention the big Russian guys. He's being devoured by ants. That is then taken. 
back into back the, into the ant hill hill that they fucking ran the vehicle into, which is like there are moments in this movie where I'm like, yes, this is Indiana Jones, and then there's moments in this movie where I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yes, ants are very strong and they can lift ten times their fucking body weight. That's why Ant Man is a thing because it's very fucking alluring to have a man. The shape of an ant with the power of a man inside him just wound up well, like not the, an ant. Not the shape, the size. Yes. Um, but the- <laughs> Ant-Man would have been way different if Paul Rudd was sectioned into three separate right. uh, body parts. <laughs> but to have a bunch of ants carrying off, not just a regular sized human. But a big dude. But a big motherfucker into their ant Hill. colony. Just not a thing. And it's like there's a level of suspension of disbelief that I'll go with. But once you start having ants start carrying off a human being into their colony, I'm just like, I'm out. Because then you're just being ridiculous. Well, and then uh, they also like carry Indiana Jones' hat. Yeah. And also because Ox is in the car with them at this point. So all the ants are dissipating away from the car as well. Like they did before whenever Ox was on the ground with Indy as he was fighting the Russian and shit. So all the ants are scurrying away and shit. And it looks like they're about to take the ant. And this is the, where Marion like looks over the edge yes. and smiles. Uh, we see a bunch of Russians like, like making like, slamming like stakes into the ground with ropes attached to them. And they're trying to descend onto the. They're all they're down all the mountain. attached to uh, to the truck. Are they? Yeah, to okay. the bed of the truck. Um, they're just trying to get away from the ants as quickly as well, possible. No, they're not. They're they're basically these two groups are racing to find. Akator? Akator, yeah. Yeah, I know, but I, I thought that they, the reason they went down that cliff face is to try to get away from the ants as no, quickly as possible. No, th- because uh, Akator is supposed to be at the bottom of this cliff on this river. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Marion drives back, picks up Ox and Indy, and the Russians are trying to get down there first. And Indy's like, oh man, we need to get over there and stop them. And Marion just drives off the fucking cliff. Yeah, and they're all, the like I said earlier, they're all screaming at her to stop, stop, no, Marion, don't, and as they're careening towards the edge of this cliff and shit. And this is, obviously, this is ridiculous, but this is something like, all right, I'll go with it. But the ants carrying a human being down into their colony, I'm just like, no, you're pushing it way too far. Now you just think we're a fucking, a bunch of idiots. Yes, I know, a car hitting a tree and treating it like a goddamn uh, slingshot, fucking ridiculous. But it's somewhat plausible. The car is caught by the tree. Yes. And the tree bends down ever so gently and like places their boat car in the water. Right. But then, then slingshots back up. As it slingshots back up, it hits a couple of Germans and makes them fall to their death. Russians. Russians. <laughs> it's Indiana Jones. It's Germans. <laughs> That's why they went with Russians. Because they're like, we did Nazis way too much already. Two films. We're good. Let's do Russians. Um, well, plus we weren't really fighting the Russians in 57. No, it was more like, oh, could they? Will they? How or, will they? No, not the Russians. The Germans. We weren't fighting the Germans anymore oh, okay. in 57. Yes. Um, and technically, yeah, and like I just said, they, we weren't really fighting the Russians. It was more like, maybe they will do something. Maybe they won't do something. There were a few like skirmishes here and there, yeah. but it wasn't like anything like, catastrophic. It was all like, maybe they will, maybe they won't. They're making threats. They're in Cuba. Oh, shit. Shit like that. Um, but then, yeah, they get uh, the slingshot tree hits the Russians and shit. A few of them get knocked off. We don't know what happened to Kate Blanchett's character. Uh, we don't see her fall off. We don't see Well, like, no, we see her hanging. 
on her I thought rope. we saw her hanging there right before the tree smacks, but we don't see... No, like, we see her after. Okay. Because she's looking at the at Indy's car, and Ox just keeps saying uh, it falls, or three falls, or it falls three mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and they're at, at this point, like they're that. in this pontoon boat just floating down the river and shit. And Indy's like, what are you talking about? And then looks, and he's like, uh, Marion, put it in reverse. And you see they're headed towards a giant waterfall. Yes, they fall down right as he says it. And then Indy, right as they pop back up, and they're all kind of in the car. Some of them are kind of out of it, kind of in it. They get back in, get situated. They're a bit worn out from it. And then Indy's like, oh, shit, that's right, three drops. And this is what uh, Ox is talking about. That's one. This is two. That's three. And it's an even bigger cliff, almost uh, Niagara Falls-esque. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a massive. Bigger, it's a bigger waterfall every fucking time. Right. So the second one knocks like two of them out of the car, and they have to swim back and get back in it. Right, and then the third one completely destroys the destroys car. it. They're all out of it. They're all trying to fucking like. They get to the shore, and Marion's just sitting there like holding the <laughs> steering wheel like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. uh, they all end up uh, Mac, Mutt, Ox, Indiana, and Marion all end up uh, basically following Ox at this point. Um, he's just gib- uh, mouthing a bunch of gibberish and shit as he's stumbling through. They end up into the this like. Well, no, they're in the river. Oh, that's right. And he's mentioning something and about an eye of some sort. Yeah, like go where the tears fall or something yeah. like that. And you look up, or Indy looks up at the cliff and sees that it's the face of a person and a waterfall is coming out of his eye. And um, then we just cut to them inside that eye looking at everything that's in there. Well, you get a line from Indy. He's like, I have to go and return this. Nobody else has to come with me. Mm. And they're like, well, why? Mutt says, why do you have to go? Like, this thing's caused us nothing but pain. Let's just throw it in the fucking river and be done with it. And he's like, no, it's telling me to. So obviously the... He has some sort of connection with it. The mind fuckery that is happening to Ox is also happening to Indy, but in a slightly smaller... Right. Dose. Uh, but yeah, now we cut to all of them inside that eye cave area, all this like debris and shit's all around them. They're trying to figure out how to get further into the cave and how to get where they need to go. And I forget. Well, they just, they go further into the cave. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Because as Cause they keep going further of, and further, they're seeing like hieroglyphics. It's a bunch of and, like, like paintings and, and paintings stuff. and shit. And it's of the skulls of the alien skulls and the crystal skulls and shit. Um, and they're getting further and further in, and as they get further and further in, we then see all these, like, like masks and shit just start breaking apart, and all these, like, Aztec, Mayan-looking motherfuckers start yeah, tribes, popping out. Yeah, tribes people. Yeah. Um, and then we cut away from that for a minute and see that there's, like, a, a, a pill, tracker pill. A pill with a red LED blinking, that's yeah. blinking and making noise. I don't know why, but the first thing I thought of was Fat Bastard. Because if you remember in uh, Austin Powers 2, whatever, yeah. it's very fucking similar. It's very fucking yeah. large and almost uh, like grenade-like, uh, like grenade-launcher-like shape. It's very fucking yeah. massive. But it's blinking. We see Kate Blanchett's character and a few of the other Russians that apparently survived looking at the tracker, looking up at the skull that they just entered, putting two together. They're clearly on Indy and the group's tail. And they exit... The end of this cave as uh, Ox uh, basically wanders off, looks at a painting, puts the skull up to the skull painting, and it matches perfectly. So they are where they need to be and shit. Uh, they are about to 
fur- go further into this area, and then they are basically like surrounded by like Aztec mine. Well, they're not surrounded yet; they're still in the caves. I thought as they, they were about they to hear exit. they hear like all the people coming behind them, and they're like, "Oh shit, run!" As like bolos whip past their head, yeah, and, and they, they exit, exit and yeah. it's the cave is like built into the top of a Mayan or Aztec pyramid, yeah, yeah, and they run down into like the open ground beneath it. And um, and the, they and the skull start, is covered up at this point. We should also mention like the skull yeah. is not visible in any way. They they all start uh, getting hit with bolos. Bolos is rocks with rope that oh is that what people I was? are throwing? Oh, I was like bolos. What the fuck are bolos? Yeah, yeah. This is just a, basically like the whipped rock and rope type thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all being slowly like taken down to the ground and shit. Like they're they're throwing the bolos to stop them. Mm. And then, like, the people with the spears are getting close to, like, make them stay down. I thought they threw a, f- a few into the ground to keep them where they are from, like, running off I didn't or some see shit. any... I don't remember seeing any thrown, right. but... Either way, there are a bunch of people with spears in their hand threatening to kill the entire group. We see Ox trying to figure out some way out of this, and then it dawns on him in some manner, and he unfurls the skull, and all the uh, Aztec, Incan, uh, Mayan-looking motherfuckers... Tribe people. Right. Uh, just dissipate completely. They're like, They're like completely afraid of this. So Indiana Jones grabs Ox and like wields him like a weapon <laughs> right. and just points him at different groups to help get Mac and Marion and Mutt back up. Um, Cause they also put two and two together that they need to go from one end to the other where the main area is where they need to replace the skull. Cause it's also mentioned that if you replace the 13th skull, something magical will happen. They don't say something magical will happen. They say, uh, you get control. Of yeah. Uh, so they figure out they need to go to this area. Uh, yeah. And like you said, Indy uses ox like a weapon, just getting everybody out of their way as they, they ascend this. They get there mo- um, and then there's pyramid. another fucking riddle, but I can't remember what it is. There's no riddle. It's something about like the golden key. Yeah. Yeah. There is a riddle. Right. Cause he keeps saying it. Ox doesn't say it, but Indy keeps saying it. He's not sure because Ox just keeps going around and around, and he finds one of the little like faces. Well, Ox like picks up sand, and like looks at Indy and says the riddle, and then he just kind of like walks around and is touching all the like little faces on this uh, obelisk, and finds one that's loose, removes it, and then Indy's like, "Oh shit, maybe we should remove all of them." And then you just see all of them being removed and shit, and, and all the sand, sand pouring, out. pouring out. As that happens, we see four arms just starting to raise up and shit, and then they just slam into one uh, pillar, forming the obelisk, and then it just slowly descends into the rest of it. And then uh, like the center, like ring area that they're all standing on, opens up completely. They fall down. Uh, we are not. Um, inside this big tomb area and the staircase is now starting to disappear shortly after they dropped into the tomb area. Um, they're all trying to run and they got to get down the steps because at the bottom is a pit of water with spikes. Yes. And we see, uh, one of the spikes has a like old conquistador body, like impaled on it and shit. And they're running down and running down. They end up running out of, uh, foot space and they end up falling in the water as well. But they're close enough to not get hurt. Right. Marion and Indy pop up, Right around the same area, they look at each other, they embrace one another, they're about to kiss, and in that same instance of them looking at each other... Ox dropped the skull whenever he fell in the water. Mutt says, oh, Ox lost the skull, and as Marion and Indy are about to kiss, we see uh, Mutt pull up an old conquistador, like, decrepit body, and push it into Indians, like, here, you hold on to this, 
basically preventing his n- new father from kissing his mother. Right. Uh, they end up finding the skull, and he tosses the body. And I forget, they venture into, like, this, like, throne, like, a foyer to the throne area, to the main area, yeah. and it's like a, got all these different implements from all these different uh, societies, Byzantine, Egypt, everything. Basically, Indy Up says, until the point of whenever they were cut off from the rest right, of the world. Right, Indy says that they were archaeologists. Yes. And that uh, their wealth, and and Mac is pretty excited by this, and he's like, look, look, we have enough to... Yeah, he starts grabbing like necklaces and shit. A hundred museums. Uh, we then cut back to where they were surrounded by all the uh, uh, tribes people. And they are fucking dead. dead. They have bullets reeled throughout all of them. We see Kate Blanchett's and a bunch of Russians just stepping over all the bodies. We see her holding one of the trackers again. Or no, picking up one of the trackers from yep. the middle of the field. Looking at it and then seeing where they went and everything. Uh, we cut back to the group. And this, and th- that was the point that I realized that um, Mac was a liar. At first, I just thought that it was, like, in the car. Yeah. Like, the first one that they found. Mm-hmm. But then they found one in the cave. Or, or, not in the cave, but in where the other Aztec mine... I thought there was the one tribe. in the cave, too. Maybe. I don't... I just yeah. remember the two. Okay. Or That's right. You see two, and then you see him drop one as they walk into, like, the yeah, main yeah. room. Yeah. Uh, and then... Yes, uh, I see you. Ox stops completely... Uh, while everyone's just looking at all the stuff and everything and just gazing and marveling at the wonders that all this ancient fucking dog, at all this ancient artifacts and shit. And Ox just stops completely at a certain doorway. Yeah, he's looking at a door that he can't get through. Right. Indy uh, realizes that he's looking. <laughs> yeah, you just hear puffs to anybody, of... To anybody who hears puffs of air, that's not me breathing into the mic. That's Or bump against the mic. That's the dog... My son's dog, he named her Sweetie. Um, yeah, she's on Ryan's it's lap. Sweetie, yes. Yes, I see you. Um, yeah, so Ox is just standing in front of this doorway. Indy uh, sees that he's just standing in front of this doorway. And then for some reason, they come up with the idea of just pushing, or not pushing, just placing well, the Indiana skull. Indiana Jones sees that there's like a a figure cut out in the center. And the top of it is shaped like the same as the front of the skull. Mm. And they're wondering how they're going to get through. He's like, Ox, can I see that? I promise I'll give it back. Puts it up to it, and the door starts to open, and then he hands it back to Ox. Uh, yeah. And then they enter into this room, and it's all, like, crystal bodies. All of them have skulls but one. It's all very similar to the skulls that we that They're all Ox sitting has. on golden thrones. And this is what they've been looking for, these other 12 bodies and the 13th with no head, and this is where the skull is supposed to go. And it's all very, like, mystical and, like, oh, look at all this. What are they? Why are they here? India's like, I don't know if they... I think this was the original plan, to just always hide here for whatever reason. I'm not sure why. Um, but then Ox approaches the body without a skull, slowly brings it up, and then the skull just... No, it looks like... Or, well... He looks like he's going to do it. Oh, that's right. And then and then Mac po- it comes into the room with like points, basically necklaces points and shit the on gun, from the room. Gun at Indy and is like, sorry, sorry Jonesy. He you're, calls him Jonesy. Yeah, sorry, Jonesy. What, you're a triple agent? No, I just lied about being a double agent. I'm yes. Like, oh, okay. Uh, and then in walks Kate Planjet. And the uh, Russians and shit, and they're just basically telling her, thank you, Indy, for helping me get to this point, blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, then we get this, like, I, she tells the Russian guys and Mac to leave. And the rest of the group stays while I think she puts the skull into the body or attempts to. And it just, like, right to, towards the body. Because right when she puts the skull near the body, it, like, magnetizes yeah. towards the rest of the body. And then that's when all shit starts breaking loose. Um, the There's, like, a center disc where the uh, beings are, and then there's like a back disc, and they all start swirling in opposite directions. And well, shit. not not just yet, because like um, everybody's still in there, and oh, that's right. And then whenever everything and starts Indy's, falling apart, Indy's like, you know, I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> yes, very reminiscent of because he he has never said that in an Indiana Jones up until this point. It's very reminiscent of a Star Wars movie because he always, or someone along the line says, I got a bad feeling about this yeah. in any Star Wars film. Um, so, yeah, they use that in this. If you also remember correctly, um, uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith had just happened, I think, in 2004, 2005. So this is fresh off of that. Yeah. And people were really high on what happened in Revenge of the Sith. Granted, they weren't um, too happy with the prequels at this point. Um, as a whole, they weren't too happy with them, but the Revenge of the Sith, they were very happy with what happened with Anakin and Obi-Wan right. and all that. Um, so yeah, that they, they used some of that good faith with this movie and shit. So, um, but he, uh, Ox is saying something in Mayan mm. and then Indy translates it. I don't even remember what it is. I think it's only reliance of the, that they're not aliens, that they're like, no, no, no. Not yet. Like he's he's saying something in Mayan, and then Mutt asks, "Like, what are they, are they aliens?" Mm. And Ox is finally free of the spell and is and, and is right. like interdimensional beings actually, and then kind of explains some of their backstory. And uh, Kate Kate's character is then like, "I want I want to know everything." Yes, everything that you know, and uh, the Ox because he still has a connection, or Indy, one of the two, uh, explained to uh, the group because they returned the skull to them or him or whatever, they can ask them for anything that they want. And Cape Punchett's like, I want to know it all. I want to know everything, and then that's when everything starts fucking going. Yeah, shit. and that this is when everything where the center disc, the middle disc, and uh, the back disc start swirling. <laughs> shit. Start swirling in different directions. <laughs> Start swirling in different directions. Everything's starting to break apart. You see the uh, Russians starting to run out along with Mac. He's starting the to. The Russians grab. don't run out. Um, Mac runs out, and then Indy looks up above them, and there's like a portal forming. And he's like, I don't think this is a good place to be. So he gets um ox and all all of them to leave the room as well as yeah kate blanchett is still there just all this like energy and shit's being swirled into her and shit right and the russians are still standing there watching her and then the portal opens and they end up getting like sucked up into it right while um, she's still there while she's still held in place yeah held in place like in the center and everything's swirling it's almost like a kaleidoscope type thing where everything's starting to blend in together and like an image is starting to form and shit. Right. And then she says like, no more cover the eyes or something because all of the knowledge is too much. Yeah. Cause they mentioned that these are interdimensional beings. They are not aliens. They are something else. They're not from outer space. 
and we'll get to it here in a bit. They're from the space in, in, be- in between yeah, space. Yeah, space in between space. So they are interdimensional beings, and Kate Blanchett is getting all that information, and that's why these alien interdimensional and beings earlier, have different heads and shit, because they just don't have... Well, no, in earlier, um, Indiana Jones says, you know, be careful what you, what you want, mm. because sometimes you end up getting exactly what you want. And so... Whenever she says, you know, cover your eye or cover the eyes, it's too much. She's trying to opt out of what she said she wanted because she's getting exactly what she asked yep. for. And she's being obliterated because of it. Yep. And um, she gets spontaneously combusted. Yep. And that's it, the end of the bad people. Yes. Uh, it, well, with the exception of Mac, he's trying to grab everything because the, the entire structure is just falling apart at this point. He's trying to grab as much shit as possible. Mutt, Marion, and Ox are basically almost all the way out. Indy's trying to help his friend get the fuck out completely. He's trying to run away, and he trips and falls, and Indy, like, throws him the end of the whip. It's like, you know, you got to use your legs. I can't do it all by myself. And he gets, like, lifted up in the air. Oh, that's and, right. Cause, yeah, cause, and then he's like, don't worry, Indy. I'll be fine. Yeah, because... And let's go. Yeah, because all that swirling vortex that was in the room is now bleeding out into this room, and everything's starting to be sucked into it and shit, along with Mac. As they... As Mac gets sucked into it, Indy follows the rest of the group out, and they're on, like, this big stone structure watching everything just swirling into this. And we, it looks like a saucer, almost. Well, they... swirling. They, uh... They... End up in like a, like what looks like a well. Yeah, yeah. And water starts rushing in and like pushes them. It just raises them up to the the very top of where they were originally. Right. And it's like a blowhole because it like kind of blows them out. Yeah. Like if you've seen a whale breach the surface and blow out a blowhole, like that's the water, like the way the water throws them out Mm -hmm. on top of this other structure. I think it's back on top of the original structure. Right. that That they came through. And then. The um, interdimensional beings just start. All this stuff starts swirling, and then we just see you it just, just see the giant sucked saucer. into the, sucked into nothingness, and then all the stones and shit that were around it just falls fall to the ground. To the ground, and the uh, canyon or whatever is broken, and water starts to rush mm-hmm. in. Uh, and yeah, this is where uh, Ox and uh, Indy just start putting two to- two together that they were interdimensional beings here to like learn about civilizations and shit that they were trapped here. I believe that's what because, they say. Because they're a hive mind. Yes. And so all 13 have to be present. There is no, an individual. The idea is that the, these interdimensional beings were not several people. They were all people at the same time in every instance of every moment that you would ever think of. And I find that fascinating that we went with interdimensional beings. I know some people will play it as, oh, fucking aliens. Hell, I even did, I think, a week or two ago that the ending was eventually aliens. Right. I couldn't, I didn't remember any of this. I'm like, the idea of them playing with like, interdimensional beings and that they, these creatures were from the space between the spaces, just interesting stuff to play with. And I, I for some reason, watching it, earlier today i was like i really like this idea of not them being aliens but being interdimensional beings yeah at one point when everything is like blending together and all like one image they look very alien like right but i think that and i think the idea that they're playing with is that we're human beings we can only think of so much like our thought process is finite like we can't think of like a fourth dimension if you think something of anything in like a fourth or fifth or sixth dimension right 
we can't comprehend it because we only live in like a three dimensional world. So the idea of something living in like a fourth dimension, which is what some people theorize will happen eventually to humankind that will be, will live in like a fourth or fifth dimension type ordeal. Um, so I like that idea that they're playing with in this movie. Right. Uh, but yeah, all this happens and Mutt's like, look, we need to get the fuck out of here. Like, what are we doing here? And like, Indy's like, no, we're going to be here for the night. Night is nearly here. We're going to stay right here until the morning because you ever trek through the jungle in the middle of the night? he says something about sun. Yes. And then, um, or where do you, where do you think you're going, son? He's like, well, I'm leaving, dad. And then Ox is like, dad, dad? Yes. So (laughs) Ox didn't know that Mutt was his. Yes. Son, either, and there were uh, throughout. They all the, kind of share a laugh about it throughout the uh, moment of Mutt finding out. He says a few jabs of him not being there for Mutt as a father and shit yeah. like that. And I always took it as Indy didn't know, like he left yeah, Marion. He didn't. He didn't have any idea. Like he left Marion, which is fucking totally horrible and shit. But he, I don't think he ever knew about Mutt ever. Because the moment he does know about Mutt. He tries being a dad. Right. Hell, even like in the next scene after this whole sequence, we see Marion and Indy getting married. Yep. And it's uh, all, you have Jim Broadbent. He's running through the church and everything. No, he's running through the university. And he stops as uh, somebody's painting on one of the doors and it says Associate Dean and it's uh, Indy's office and shit. And so he's been promoted. Everything's all sorted out with the university. He's been promoted to Associate Dean um, Jim Broadbent taps the guy on the shoulder. He's like, hey, make mine even bigger on my door as he runs through the rest of the university. They get to the church area of the university and there's Indy and Marion um, getting married and shit. Um, as the proceedings uh, end and everything and they kiss, um, Mutt, I think he, he goes, goes to take a picture. goes to take a picture and then like a gust of wind comes through the church knocking off Indy's hat onto the ground. He grabs it and he takes it from me he's like not today it looks like he's gonna put it on yes and indy just kind of gives him a chiding look and then puts it on and exits yep and then the credits credits. roll and that's the end of the movie and i it's i haven't watched this movie in fucking years what came out 2008 i think the last time i watched this was 2010 because i was always like "Eh, i really don't care about this one i haven't watched it in ever ever right and i really don't mind this one the, the first the first time that I ever watched it, um, I liked I liked ninety percent of it. Like yeah. I thought I thought that it was a decent movie. It still won't be like the first Indiana Jones film that I'll reach for. Mm. It's it's honestly until I see the fifth and can determine if it's of lower quality, which I don't necessarily think that it will be. So of um, the four, where would you rank this one? You Temple of Doom was your favorite one, right? Right. I would I would probably still put this at the bottom, mm. just because the other three are very much um, also ingrained in nostalgia for me, mm. and this one doesn't have that appeal. Right. Um, but it's not a bad movie. No, like, no. It's and over the years I've heard people just fucking tear this movie apart. <laughs> fucking dog, just tear this movie apart, saying it's the worst Indiana Jones. I'm just like no. It's not the worst thing in the world. Well, I mean, it's the worst Indiana Jones, but that's... But I mean, in the sense that it's, it's, not, it's a horrible movie. I'm yeah, just like, it's, not, it's not a terrible movie. Um, it's nowhere near as bad as I thought that it was going to be. It's all right. And I think, I think that them um, deciding to label them as interdimensional beings instead of aliens, aliens 
helped that yeah. a lot, or like my view of it mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I think if um, you went with aliens, it would have been like, oh, that's a bit too much. And like I said earlier, like obviously they've played with the spiritual aspect of certain uh, uh, implements, like the Raiders of the Lost Ark or the uh, the stones and temple. Same thing with the the. Uh, Holy Grail. Yeah, fucking Holy Grail. But with interdimensional beings, depending on who you're talking to and the theorist or uh, the the Neil Gaiman, or Neil Gaiman, but uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, whoever you want to talk to, spiritual beings could be interdimensional beings, like I said earlier on, that they are just aspects from a different timeline bleeding through our timeline. Right. Which is very fucking possible. I don't know. It It was a decent movie. Like, I would watch this movie again. Yeah. Like being being that it's the first time I've watched it and stuff. I would watch it again. Yeah. There there are a few not, things not necessarily overly soon, mm. but if I, you know, wanted just a decent action flick that I mean, it isn't super cerebral or anything. Like you no, don't no. you don't have to do a lot of thinking, but it's it's they, a good ac- it's got good action in it. It's got and, Indiana Jones, which is a fun character. And like you said earlier, they don't spring this on you at the last minute. Right. Like the beginning of not, the third act. It's not like the only thing that's in a, uh, a gotcha is that Mutt is Indiana Jones' kid. Right. Which is... Depending on who you are, you could fucking call that out at the beginning. That a random character that could be right around the same age of Indy having a kid at some point in his adventures and shit. You could easily put two and two together. Well, right. But you wouldn't necessarily go, okay, Marion Ravenwood either. Right. So that that was kind of a surprise, but that was a good surprise because it brought back a very good character. In which they haven't the done movie. in any of the movies. They haven't brought right. back, well, maybe Sala. Sala's yeah, the Sala. only one. Sala and Marion at this point. Well, Sala and um, Brody. Brody, that's right. So they've done it several times. It just feels odd to, for it to be a woman character because they haven't done it with a woman character up until this movie. Or they haven't done it with like a normally with Indy's, like, adventuring posse. Because mm-hmm. normally, Sala isn't there at the beginning of the adventure. Yeah, he just ushers them into the next thing that he has right. to do. Right. He helps in all of them. Mm-hmm. Well, no, he helps in in Raiders and Last Crusade. Does he help in Raiders? I think he was just there for information. Well, no, he does help him in the tomb. So, yeah, it's the same instance. It's just the um, first time with a woman. But he doesn't help in... Um, he helps in Last Crusade. Yeah, he doesn't help in uh, Temple of the Temple of Doom. No, 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 because it takes place before right. Raiders and all that. And it, Raiders just takes place in like one general area. There's very little right. traveling and shit. Um, but like they don't, so they don't help or they don't bring back his direct or people that are directly tied to him. Like mm-hmm. Marion doesn't come back. Short until, round until this movie. Short round doesn't come back. Um. What's her name from Temple of Doom? Willie. Yeah, Willie doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. And I also like that like, at one point, uh, whenever they're arguing, Marion and uh, India are arguing. I forgot to mention that is that um, he's talking to her and she's saying like, "Oh, don't look at me like that, Indy. I'm sure you've had plenty of women in your life coming and going all uh, hours of the night." And he's like, "Yeah, sure, I have, but they weren't you." And then he they, walks away. They all had one problem. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was that? They weren't you. And that's when she gets all doe-eyed again yeah. about him. And like, I really that was, enjoyed that aspect. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was really good. Like, it was a good, like... <laughs> I'm going to fuck you after everything is done timeline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See that baby? I'm going to make another baby. <laughs> right. But I'm, I'm going to give him a brother. 
But Karen Allen never misses a fucking beat in this movie. The moment she appears in this movie to the end of the movie, she's fucking brilliant in this. I want more of Karen and Allen. And I, I want to say that I probably would have called um, Mutt as Indiana Jones's kid mm. if I thought that his name was Mutt, but I thought that it was Mud. Mutt, Mutt obviously plays into the yeah, fact that yeah. Indiana Jones named himself after his dog. Yes. And Mutt named himself after, you know, just a, a mutt, general Which is a general dog. dog. Yes. And so, I mean, like, uh, hindsight, seeing it and knowing more about mm. it, because I came into this thinking that it was mud. Yeah. Um, but. Anyway, uh, we, the Rotten Tomato score on this, and like I said, not a lot of people like this, at least not the audience score. Like, the audience score is at 53%. The critic score is at 78%. It's not a half-bad Indiana Jones movie, like we said. Uh, but the budget on this movie was $185 million. Uh, the opening weekend got $100.2 million. Domestic, $317.2 million. Internationally, $473.6 million. In all, $709 91 million dollars altogether. Now, because inflation is a fucking thing, and this is now what 12 years after the fact? Yep. No, 13, because we're in 2021. Well, yeah, 12 and change. Right. Or um, almost, almost 12, depending on when it came out. Right. Um, because of inflation, the budget of this movie nowadays would have been 225.9 million dollars. Um, the opening weekend would have made $122.5 million, 387.5 for domestic altogether, internationally 578.6 million, making it a grand total of $966.3 million in 2021 dollars. So it would have made nearly a billion like the last one did. Right. So obviously making a fifth one was always going to happen. I don't know why they waited this long, but. Uh, obviously, the audience reaction was not what they were hoping for. So they probably retooled it and right. shelved it until once again the build for or the the Interest. desire for another Indiana Jones once again right. came to light. Um, but yeah, like we've been hinting at and like we've directly said in this movie is that Indy or uh, Harrison Ford is not getting any younger, so we need to get that movie fucking made today. Because I don't know, and I hate to say it, I don't know how many years Harrison Ford has left in him. But and we got a sequel to Blade Runner twenty forty nine, I think is what it's called. Yep. Um. Anyway, that's pretty much all I got. That's all I've got. Make sure to comment, rate, and subscribe. Uh, tell us what you think of the movie. Tell us what movies you think we should do. Um. Like like we said at the beginning, we do have our next few weeks our content calendar already scheduled. All right. So, real quick. Um. Next, we're going to be doing Ju- uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, we're just, and we're not going to run through the week. entire movie. We're just going to be talking about our favorite, like five favorite scenes in the entire four hours, if you will. But after that, we're going to start on the <coughs> uh, Godzilla King Kong series of movies. Like Godzilla 2014, Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, Kong Skull Island, Kong Skull uh, Island, and then uh, the most recent Godzilla vs. King Kong is going to be coming out within that time frame as well. Yep. So we'll also be talking about that. Um, so that's pretty much what we got for the next few weeks. Uh, anyway, uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at that wanker and, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram as well at Nordinian. And remember hope is like the sun. If you only believe in it when you can see it then you'll never make it through the night.